We are rolling. That is a Cleveland Motor Podcast happening right now. We have numbers. We have levels. Life is good. Wow. And we got a full crew, too. And uh, the fact that I have all ten fingers <laughs> yeah. after cutting two limes with not one, but three of the world's dullest... <laughs> Yes. Cut two limes with three of the world's dullest knives. And no loss. Fucking sharpen your knives, people. Just you go might home. as well have been using a popsicle stick. I could have, yeah. I could have just taken a bite out of each lime and spit it out onto the table, <laughs> and we would achieve the same goal. Um, the reason we have limes is because one of our podcast listeners was nice enough, or <laughs> fucking evil enough, to give us a whole square bottle of... Corzo Tequila Silver 100% Agave, Triple Distilled Highland Agave. Yeah, this is fancy. That Why is does it have a rope around it? Super clear. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're putting around your neck is when you're Is that for the tourniquet? <laughs> yeah, it might be. So, yeah, let's let's get involved in this. In case oh, you cut man. your finger cutting lines. Wow, that's a, that, uh, that bottle stopper's got some gravity to it. Yeah. It's not, not poorly made. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, does look, it does look a lot like a... Like a that like joke a, doesn't work on radio. Like a mother of eights in Italy. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's see what we got. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to initiate... Plan B with this, and we'll just get this going. You're gonna ask? It's uh, oh, looks like about forty six bucks a bottle. It's a five star rating from the three people who rated it. In the mouth, (laughs) (laughs) they probably all work for the company. I'm really just trying to get some bio on it. See what's the deal. Let's see what we got. Actually, I was gonna say Corzo sounds more Italian than Mexican, doesn't that? Yeah, kind of like Orzo, the pasta. Wow, that's fucking good. Okay, guys. Oh, you talked me into it. Yep. You better make a, take a fast pass or a slow hop on that. Um, if there's not enough glasses out here for you, go and help yourself in the kitchen to grab some uh, stemware. I'm sure it's as, sanitizing the glass as I, you drink uh, it. It is. It's, it, the glass doesn't matter whether or not it's clean. The liquor does its job of preventing you from getting any scabies or anything else. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's go around the table. Anybody been doing any riding? We're going to start this time with Jenicrome. He's the head of the table. <laughs> I am the head of the table. You're the head of the table. Hey, all right. You have the conk. I haven't ridden shit this week except for customer bikes. <laughs> I thought about riding today yeah. just so I could say I've ridden. Just so you could have one for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I did notice for I noticed you were out honking around on that Vespa. Mm-hmm. That uh, that black Vespa. You're rocking that thing around. Yeah, uh, I've, ridden, I've ridden many scooters this. This has been definitely the week of working on scooters. It's been a scooter heavy week here. And that's fine. Yeah. I mean um yeah. It's been, yeah, I mean, it's been thick with scooters. A couple of modern Vespas. Yeah. Uh, what was that big nasty thing that's like a jet ski that I was riding today? The 500. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Was that the, the Kimco exciting, XC500? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Gosh, <laughs> exciting 500. The X. Exciting. Yeah. All their scooters have got that X thing going on. Yeah. So the exciting isn't the uh, exciting. It's just the letter X and then sighting after it. Mm. 500 and they must love that shit because they did the the city cross or cross yeah the fuck's that city cross city x something like that and there's x town cross town that's what i was trying to think of cross town because it used to be the downtown yeah and the downtown has gotten a facelift and now the downtown became the x town it was downtown until macklemore fucked that uh, (laughs) they didn't want to be associated with that downtown i still love that man Every time I come, oh, I, do too. I run in there and watch I, it. I turn I'm like, I, you can call them mopeds. I'm sure. cool with that, Mac. It's good. <laughs> yeah. And to your left, Steve Hoffert. Hey, and Steve. Early in the week, I early early in the week before the work week, I rode my CB 175, nice. getting it ready for the 
Gentleman's Ride. Yes, for the DGR. And then uh, most of the week I rode my Africa Twin to work, and then I rode my BMW R1150 RTP down to Athens yesterday. Oh, you did? The RTP hasn't had its legs stretched in a while. Yeah, it, was, it actually ran pretty well. I, don't, I think I have one, one of the coils is weak or something, because mm-hmm. it runs perfectly, and then... There's a hint of a miss in it every now and then, so I'm thinking one of the one of the you know stick Close coils might be bad. going bad. So, so that spout is reminiscent of the fountain at Cabo, some Sierra. Oh, is that that was that what he said about this booze? <laughs> yes. So this booze has its own wiki about yeah. like the spout itself. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, a citrusy flavor with a creamy smooth finish. It, oh, it I will tell you, has hints of fruit, and I'm going to give you all of that. It, it does have. Well, that, don't that read is, it. Drink it. That, I'm working on it. <laughs> Way ahead of you. And there's a good portion of this that's got your name on it there, Steve. <laughs> when you get done drinking it, you can use the bottle as a glass block window in your basement. Yes, you can. <laughs> it is. It is about the size of a brick, a little thinner. Yeah. yeah. If we can see that, we'll take our inflate photo. So if you're not in the picture, get in the picture. Oh, Tim, Tim, Tim all right, everybody. Oh boy, Pete, you are barely in there, man. There you, you go. There. there you are. Okay, cool. All right, none. Fantastic. <laughs> so, all right, been, so you rode the RTP and it made it to Athens. Oh yeah, perfectly. Clearly. Except there was some. I took 13 all the way down there because I just didn't want to take. 71 to 270 or whatever. So it took 71 to 13 and went Mm -hmm. down that way. And there were more. I mean, it's. It looks like there's heroin addicts just walking down the roads. I'm serious. Daylight zombies. Oh yeah. yeah. And then, then the skankiest, like tattooed up, like crackhead women. Yeah. That are just everywhere. And then they had this concert that the 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 cops didn't know how to direct the traffic. So it was backed up in a mile in each direction. So you had to wait. The thing, I mean, the bike was going to seven bars, and I was oh, like, you were at full heat. Oh, yeah, it yeah. was crazy. You were at maximum heat on your air-cooled motorcycle. Right. Yeah. And so okay. that was kind of, and then, then you go through all these little towns that are cool. Utica is yeah. very cool, Yeah, I Utica thought. Utica cool. Did you stop and get some ice cream in Utica? No, I, <laughs> I just wanted to get home. I, I had to go down there and get all the junk out of Maggie's totaled car. Uh, oh, that's right. So, yeah, this was the, the rescue of... Her property from right. the totaled. Now, and it's the first time I saw it, and I thought, well, oh, it might be okay because right. the wheel wasn't pushed back. Right. But when I got there, and this it is a screwed. Freeze. Yeah, it, it smashed the transmission pan. Oh. Did all the electrons leak out? Yep. Yeah. All the electrons were <laughs> laying on the ground. When I stuck it. I had my hair stood up. <laughs> so well, it was. Bad. It was pretty. I mean, I got a parking pass. Your hybrid. Dis- your hybrid yeah. died. Yeah. So yeah. now. I'm, I'm getting rid of all these junk cars. I'm getting all these kids off my insurance. Yeah. Screw them. They can Screw have their own kids. insurance. <laughs> Cut those apron strings. How right. old are they? Well, Patrick's already off. He's 25. Okay. And then he the other be. ones are 21. So, yeah. I mean, they need to just get off my insurance. I need to get off my cell phone plan. Yeah. They need to. It's just like that progressive commercial where the guy's <laughs> carrying around a kid and is in the front. The kid's like banging the seat on the airplane. Okay. It's like, I'm done. Yeah. I have and a then, friend that he went to Vietnam, and when he came home, his parents had moved, and they didn't tell him. <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty oh, wow. cool. I almost yeah. would like to do that. It's yeah. harsh. I'm mean, like my kids, but... It's time to put a key in the door and it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough, man. You, you get in your bed and there's some like <laughs> weird lady in your, yeah. in your bed. Even worse, the key does work. I mean, yeah. You go in and it's somebody else's house. Or at least somebody else's family in there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at that age, 
I was on my own insurance. I was on my own everything. So I never had my. I, I was on my own insurance the day I got a car. Right. Same here. My dad told me, "You want to drive? Get a job. Get a car. Get yeah. your insurance and pay for it." And exactly. I'm like, "Fine with me." The high cost of having fun. But yeah. you know, as far as I mean, I like my dad. But I didn't want to be my dad, right. and now I'm paying for it. Yeah. I should have been more like him. <laughs> yeah. This is where I draw the line. Right. right. So this spout is not a swigging spout. No, you can't swig it. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, is, that spout is not for swigging. John, where there's a will, there's a you way. You hook that square thing over the bottom teeth. And oh, it's <laughs> right yeah, exactly. But that pouring thing is kind of fancy. It is a very fancy pouring bottle. It's, it is right up there. <laughs> so, Dustin? Uh, yep, Dustin. Uh, rode the DRZ as usual. But tell us about the facelift. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I found a nice little uh, Yoshimura graphics kit for it. Uh, came in the mail real fast off of uh, Amazon. Oh. 65 bucks. <laughs> and, uh, 65 bucks for the vinyl. Yeah, and I looked at the bike one night. You know, I, I got home. It was like 10 o'clock at night, and I'm like, eh, you know, I'll, I'll test out a few pieces and see how this goes. Yeah. And next thing you know, it's one thirty, and the whole bike's done. Yeah, and it's got like fork leg covers and everything. Yeah, everything. Like, so it's it, which was hilarious. It took me forever to figure out what the hell those were for. Because when they're laying out flat, I'm like, what part of the bike does There's that no go on? No part of my bike that looks like this. Yeah, <laughs> I looked all over it. I was like, shit, I don't know. And then finally, I noticed where one little cutout was. I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. that's for the thing that holds the brake line in place. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, it looks so, really good though. I mean, thanks. Yeah, I, I, well, way better than the uh, uh, from the factory barbed wire. Job. Yes, yes, exactly. Because that was the thing with your bike is, yeah. at some point Suzuki thought, you know what's cool? Barbed wire. Yeah, <laughs> and put on this bike, barbed wire. I'm gonna pre-douchify this bike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's well, make this it bike's gonna like come with a free affliction T-shirt. <laughs> it's a factory custom. It yeah. won't look factory because it'll look right. like somebody. Well, when I first got the bike, I went to take take the barbed wire off. I right. was like, ah, it's just vinyl, heat gun, and a little bit of time and some goo gone. That'll be off. They clear coated over the barbed wire <gasps> on the gas tank. <laughs> so I peeled all wow. the other yeah. barbed wire off before yeah. putting the new graphics kit on, but I couldn't do anything about the gas tank. Yeah, it's just an extra layer of protection. Yeah. Maybe totally. they did the same thing that uh, Willie G did back in the 70s. Maybe they went out and looked at uh, Suzuki's in the field and <laughs> saw barbed wire and skulls on them and pointy fucking things. <laughs> yeah, every katana. Yeah. You, it's, it's like a must. They it have is. to have oh, a bike. skull, a spike, or a fucking piece of barbed wire somewhere. <laughs> or all, all three, and you're like, you know, you've got this S uh, tattoo on you somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that dude brought the that. Holy Trinity. Yeah. That dude brought that katana in. And as soon as he brought the katana, I was looking at it from the shop and I saw it and I went, Oh, fucking katana. <laughs> and, and I was like, fucking katana. So I'm like, what part of this bike's going to stab me? And then I went out and sure shit. And you know what he brought it in for? Yeah, because I fixed it. Yeah, I did. You did? You know what? To get the spikes sharpened? <laughs> that would be the only thing that would beat what he actually brought it in for. The service order on that bike was make LEDs work. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, oh. the internet purchased underglow was malfunctioning. <laughs> so we literally did a ground effects service ticket. <laughs> oh my god. Floating on a cloud of light. <laughs> uh, not exactly, but they're, they're the really cheap ones. I yeah. would say these two words in the same sentence, but that tequila is delicious. It is delicious tequila. It I'm, really is good. I'm going to estimate that the cost of his LED underglows were probably about one third of that of what it cost of your labor for us to work. fix it. <laughs> absolutely certain. No lime. 
Yeah, I'm absolutely certain. Yeah. So well, it, well, Steve has said he would like to dip his toe into the tequila, and I think that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that usually ends Pour well. Your little, <laughs> pour your little. So yeah, it looks really good. Ugh. That I mean, that sticker kit does look good, and I have a Thanks. DRZ as well that's been hit by the uh, Suzuki Ugly Stick. So I'll be ordering a likewise kit. Mine probably won't be the Pops Yoshimura kit. I'm oh, the, the same company like, is like Boston Vinyl or something like that or some shit. Yeah. Oh, they they make everything. <laughs> they make absolutely. I figure I have a full Yoshi exhaust on there, so I'll just go for the Yoshi. Yeah, no, it's it and looks, I like how it looks. It does look. I like great. the black, red, and the white. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah, and I I did find out this. Uh, you'll like this because we often talk about fuel and octane and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the DRZ loves high octane. It gas. does. It does. It absolutely it's a very high it. compression little it's a motor. Dirt bike I, motor. Yeah. It's a dirt bike motor. I, I tested all Because when you're not adjusting the valves, <laughs> you should be putting high octane in it. <laughs> I, I tested all the octanes yeah. in it that I could get my hands octanes. on. Sure. Yeah. And it ha- it's just happier on the good stuff. I actually get uh-huh. about 20 more miles before I hit reserve now. Holy shit. Yeah. That's what I said. I was checking the the first time it happened. It took about a tank or two right. of, of 91 in it. you're commuting on it. Yeah, yeah, just commuting. And, I mean, I raped the shit out of the thing. Oh, if, yeah. any, if anyone wonders, I don't drive for fuel economy. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm making that Yoshimura brap as loud as I can make it brap. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I, I was reaching down. I'm like, oh, shit, did I forget to turn it off reserve? Oh, okay, because your know? numbers were already where they should be. Yeah, because yeah. normally I knew that when I get to about 106 miles on the trip meter, I'm getting close to reserve. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to see you were pushing it. <laughs> what? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Miles no I, still, I still have another gallon after that. <laughs> oh, the reserve is a whole gallon. Yeah, oh, it's generous. a 2.8 gallon uh, gas tank, and my reserve kicks in at 1.8 gallons. Yeah. So pretty generous. Yeah, yeah, it is very generous. A dirt bike, I guess. But uh, you know, I, I look down. I'm like, oh shit! I'm like at 112 ready. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm check, checking my fuel cock. You know, I'm like, eh, no, it's in the right checking position. And then I was wondering, I was like, well, shit! You know, did something happen? Because I, I noticed did my uh, fuel tap fail, and now I'm running on reserve <laughs> all the time. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, I've been riding old bikes. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I better go get, uh, just go get gas. Right. So I went and got out, gas, yeah. and I, I put in like 1.4 gallons. Yeah. Like that's strange. So, yeah. so next time I was like, oh, I'm just gonna let that go like to reserve the premium. Did you do the <laughs> math? Like the, the the additional mileage? Does it overcome the oh the dollars versus it? mileage? Well, it might like be a wash. No, but he's but the bike's clearly performing better. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So, so you're not, using less gas because you're getting better mileage. Right now it's yeah. right around 124, 126 yeah. uh, miles is when reserve kicks in. What's the in, real so. difference in price though between the low? You know, is it 20 cents a gallon more? 30 cents a gallon more? It's like 50, 60 cents yeah. a gallon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I used to go buy a dime. Remember, like a dollar twenty, dollar thirty, dollar forty, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And now like dime. gas. Is but when you nice. get it at Costco, <laughs> oh really? Yeah, and the bike runs better. You know, yeah. less less chatter. Every uh, everything that high octane is supposed to do for you. That would kill me though. <laughs> That's a high octane. No, less having chatter. that having detonation. Put gas in after like hundred and forty miles. Yeah. That's, like, that's rough. To me, it's every bike I've ever ridden for most of my I've entire ever, life. Ever the chopper, huh? <laughs> no, I all the bikes I have were like two forty. Yeah, all the Hondas of the eighties were all. You got to one hundred and five, you switched oh, really? to reserve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every all my super magnets, like everything, my interceptors, like all that stuff was. You get to a buck twenty-five, and you haven't switched to reserve yet. You're like, you were playing it back in your head. 
Like, did I switch to reserve? Did I switch to reserve on the way home last night? Forgot about it? What the fuck? Like, because, yeah. That's about what the... That's about what the vintage, what like a Stella will do. It's yeah. about 115 yeah, ish. Yeah, it's about. It like seems that. to me that's the universal thing about like, you know, and, and give or take. A lot of, yeah, a lot there of. There must have been work. somebody doing some math like, gee, motorcyclists usually like to stop and stretch their legs. You're going to want to rest your ass every hundred exactly. hours. <laughs> give, him, give him two hours in the saddle, that's all he needs. Not yeah. to rip on Chris Smith, but he should have like a one gallon tank. <laughs> <laughs> And a 12-ounce bladder. <laughs> <laughs> he, well, he, he doesn't have a fuel light that comes on. It's like a piss light. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, re- a restroom light goes on on his bike. He's like, oh, time to pee. Next time you so go what ride you been, uh, Pete, what you been flogging? Not too much. Money. Actually, I worked a couple of days this week and didn't really get out on the bike. I had a couple other things to do. And then uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride tomorrow. I'm going to get up bright and early tomorrow by mm-hmm. 6 or 7. I'll be hitting the road and do a couple hundred miles tomorrow. Oh, cool. Which I don't typically ride on the weekend, but I was either going to ride today or tomorrow. It didn't happen today, so it's going to happen tomorrow. That's cool. I'm going to try to get down to Columbus. I got a bike to pick up in Cincinnati. That's on the way to Columbus. Hey, yeah, I know, right? It's <laughs> not riding a bike, Phil. No, no. I'm going to pick the bike up in Cincinnati, take it back up to Columbus, and hopefully be there for the launch of the Scooter Q ride. Oh, very good. So that they got a nice ride planned out. So what are you picking up, and where, which way are they riding? I'm picking up a Zero S. Uh-huh. With uh, with that's got about a ninety mile range on it, because it's the cheap S, the, the small battery, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm picking it up, and they're gonna they're riding from downtown Columbus out southeast, and then turn around and come back on a different route. Okay, and uh, so it should be about a couple three hour ride, and I did check, and the zero is well within its range on that ride, so I'm gonna pick the bike up as early as I can in Cincinnati, and hopefully make it back in time for all these savages to have gotten done eating their breakfast. And then I can roll off with the uh, with the ride, with the big ride for the Scorsese rally. How much downtime will you have to have in Columbus to get a charge back in it, though? Well, I'm figuring that usually when we get back from the ride, there's at least two or three hours of heavy refreshing. Oh no, so I, I'll I plug guess, it in. So when you pick up the bike in Cincinnati, you're not riding it to Columbus. No, okay, no, yeah, it's yeah, going to go okay. in the back of the gotcha, truck gotcha, up to Columbus. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Your bike? No, it's a it's a bike that we're selling to a customer. So we're, it's a bike that we didn't have in stock. So we're getting one from a dealer in Cincinnati. <clears throat> we like to help each other out. And you're going to put the break-in mileage on it? Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, got to do that. I mean, hey, I... Make sure the rings are seated. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, got to make sure all the things work, you know. Get that, all the fluids are get that going where they need to be. Yeah. If you run out, you're not going to be far from Athens, so if you start running out of electrons, you can pick up some of Steve's. I'll be on the ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 50 on that pole. You just have to scrape them off that pole and pull them the Your daughter hits a pole, leaves a pile of electrons beneath. I'm going to go by later and scrounge them up. Stuff them into the zero. Get to need uh, one of those augmented reality apps for your phone. To find the electrons. Yeah, find the electrons. <laughs> you found the electrons. But they're blonde electrons, so I'm just warning you. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta admit, I like the blonde electrons better. So <laughs> They're not as thick. They're, they're more thick. blonde. <laughs> blonde electrons have more Oh, my God. Uh, they are pretty dense. <laughs> <laughs> they're very dense. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, they come out of your teeth easier. Though. <laughs> so, yeah, so you're going to do a big ride tomorrow. Yeah, I think deal. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be decent weather. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some friends that went to Mongolia on a bike trip in July. They live on a farm down around Loudonville, so I was going to pop in on them, oh. get their full ride report. I've exchanged emails with them a couple of yeah. times, but uh, I want to sit down. Are you early. considering Mongolia? Uh, I have a friend that operates tours there, yeah. and that's who these guys went with. Um, 
So I can see it in my future. I'm not really considering it at this time. Right. I'd love to do Mongolia, but getting there is yeah. rather intimidating. It's like a 24 to 42-hour <laughs> travel day to get there. I, mean, it's, I love that one. It's a 24 to 42. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you get direct flights maybe off the West Coast, I think right. you can fly in. I think you fly through either Seoul or Beijing to get yeah. there. But it's just a long effing day. I mean, I flew to Beijing some years ago, and that was a 19-hour trip, and it just about killed me. And it's like you, you hear about people with DVTs, you know, yeah. from not moving, and I, I don't yeah. want any part of that. They have a Mongolian barbecue place down the street. Yeah, that'd, that'd be good. Enough, yeah. <laughs> that'd be good. It's right, around yeah. the, right around the dining room. Question. <laughs> yeah. What's a DVT? Deep vein thrombosis. Okay. That's mm-hmm. that, uh, it's like a. I thought it was something like that. I just, it's like an acute varicose vein. Yeah. It, it can kill you. you it's can, a like, leg get stroke. A, get a clot, and yeah. then it, yeah, if that clot travels yeah. up to your heart or your brain or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. people die from that shit. Man. Yeah. Giving you know, giving people on airplanes something else to worry about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not worried about being in the airplane anymore, and the plane just caterwauling into the ground. Yeah. On Mongolian Airlines. Deep, what's that? On Mongolian Airlines. Yeah. No shit. You're riding next to like caged chickens. <laughs> the, uh, the the stewardess comes out and brings you your rat. The cool thing <laughs> in Mongolia though is there's, there's no, like high, well, I guess there's some, uh, there are some highways in Mongolia, but they said you could just you're basically out in just a big green field and you take a compass bearing and you just really? follow wow. the compass bearing. Yeah, and you really? You fuck. Be, yeah, there'll be like some like beaten tracks between villages and stuff, but. If there's like big range or something, they just do a parallel track and then another yeah. parallel track. And next thing you know, you got 15 parallel tracks. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So you got to know how to read a compass or have a GPS or be with someone who's. It's like Perry Dakar going across these giant sandy plains. Exactly. Where it's like yeah. You're doing great and you're making excellent time, and then somebody else is like a half mile parallel to you who is not having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like sailing across an open ocean. Or there's no landmarks, from what I understand, or very mm-hmm. few landmarks. Yeah. And you just got to know how to navigate. So right. Yeah. That would be... It's it's like a true wild place, I guess, and that's right. the appeal to, to me. Okay. Well, that is, it is definitely a true wild place for sure. Watch out for Huns. <laughs> <laughs> there in case there's any hanging around. Right. <laughs> Once again, they're lost. Where the wild things go. They've been there for a long time. So what about you, Johnny McElfresh? I really don't have much to report. I haven't been riding anything. I haven't. I looked at my bikes. I, one night I was like, God damn it. I looked at them. I looked at them real hard. I'm like, God damn it, when I get home from work tonight, I'm going to work on my one bike and get it running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and, oh, well, but you got to get dinner ready. You got to do this. You got to do that. Go to swimming. Da, 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 da. Life has gotten in the there way. Is that. Fuck, it's 9 o'clock. Yeah. You still hadn't made your bed at this point, right? Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that's vicious. <laughs> so, no. Mm-hmm. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Another like, weak bite to dust. I put a. 100 miles on a bike that a customer bought. Um, I got railroaded into taking in a Vespa ET4 on trade. See that white Vespa <laughs> ET4 over there? Mm-hmm. Looks nice and all. Ah, get up close to it. It's a solid 40-footer. And uh, <laughs> it is a... That bike is just... Oh, man. What were the black lines around the back? Oh, I'm convinced that's all the places where the previous, previous owner crashed it. Was it pinstriping? And then the guys... Oh, there's a really terrible pinstriping line laid down there by a blind man, apparently. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, it's just Ray Charles bike customization <laughs> going on over there. And, but, so, yeah, the customer's like, oh, it's got no miles on it. And then James comes in, he goes, I was like, you mean that... that I said, you mean that ragged out old ET4 up there? And James is like, no, it's in really good shape. And like me being a dumb shit, I was so happy the guy wanted to buy my last remaining V7 stone. Okay. 
So I was like, yeah. uh, take it. Hey, I, I, I wonder what the bottom of your dick tastes like. Because uh, I'm there, man. Those words yeah. have never come out of my mouth. Oh, yeah. oh, I was so happy this guy wanted to buy our last V7. I'm even disturbed hearing you say it. Oh, man. I couldn't have, I could, dude, I couldn't have been happier to meet this yeah. guy. At least you're sitting on the other side of the table. Right. <laughs> and this dude, this dude's like, it's low miles. It's super low miles. It's in great shape, everything else. I was like, when you said the bottom, do you mean like the base or the underside? Oh, the base. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just draw the picture. I don't want to go for after the undercarriage. We don't have to. Right where the ball sack starts. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's that. The part that gets real prickly the first time you try to shave. <laughs> and you hate, you regret ever doing it. Well, yeah, that bike's got 5,500 hard miles on it. And I gave him way too much in trade because I was way too excited to watch a 2015 Moto Guzzi V7 lead my goddamn shop. And so, yeah, deals were made. They were not good. So then I had to... Uh, they were not good. I, I had to offer... If you ever get fucked over, <laughs> the next person you deal with is going to wish they hadn't met you. Okay. Okay? And that's the way we work as humans. So, like... You get fucked over, Hardy, and you really know what it feels like. So the next person that does a deal with you, oh, it's not going to go well for them, right? You can't win the, them all. I the mean, sting is still there. Yeah. Even Ted Williams only batted 400, right? <laughs> Four for I, ten. I hear you saying about talking about getting fucked over, but yeah. wasn't it just last week yeah. that somebody gave you that one? It's over there. It's got the sold sign on it. Oh, I already put I already put some stuff in it. I already made it better. So I'm riding it. Maybe there's a little balance. Oh no, the there's a balance in the universe. It didn't work so well for the next guy who tried to sell me his and hers silver and blue vest next to it. Pushed. So we did some price correction on that one. So we got a, we got back in the zone on that. <clears> short sale, but you made up. Yeah, we it. got we got we went deep on that next one, and that's just because sometimes people don't. Sometimes people are just too lazy. And they don't want to use Craigslist, and they don't want to sell their bike, and they don't want to do any legwork, and they just want you to come and pick the fucking thing up. Yeah. But then they also want top dollar for it. Get rid of it. And I'm like, nah, that's not going to happen. If I'm coming all the way to your house in BFE, picking up your two bikes that you never rode and didn't do any business in my shop whatsoever, I don't think I'm going to be stupid generous with you. I think I'm going to see how low you're willing to go. I call it shrewd. It is shrewd. It was shrewd. And uh, they, and they thought I was a word that rhymed with shrewd, and uh, they they didn't dig it too much, and they ended up I ended up giving them a good check, and they we're friends now because they have my check and I have their two bikes, but those two sons of bitches are beautiful. They are truly low mileage, gorgeous bikes. So it made up for the bad white one, the bad deal I had to take. The other two are fantastic though. So I've been busy with that, and then I bought that. BV500 behind you. And I know Hoffert's queer for those. So, yeah, he's funny with those. But that one came in. Camaro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, queer as an odd. Strange. Right. Yeah, it's an unnatural attraction, too. What, what do I have an unnatural attraction? The BV500s. Oh, yeah, I like those. Yeah, I just, picked, <laughs> I just picked that dark one up. That dark one has got uh, Look at your name on it. Yeah, it's got ostrich. Oh, wow. 
It's an ostrich seat. Piaggio <laughs> sold those. I remember when they... Really, that's genuine ostrich? Genuine, Pia- genuine Italian ostrich. <laughs> yeah. I, rode, I rode mine 14,000 miles. That's got 8,000 miles on it on the original factory front tire. I was just looking at that. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at the wood. Did you see that, that front tire? It's so seasoned. She's pretty uh, wavy. Yeah, it's wavy gravy. When you roll uh, that bike, it goes... Duck, 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 that duck, would duck, blow. Duck, that duck, duck, tire is just looking for a patch of leaves, wet leaves. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is looking to put you in the dirt. Nice or <laughs> grass, yes. black top. One of these days, I'm gonna. Yeah, the Metro Parks is now doing it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just blowing like, the gas, grass. Out today of the I was riding. I'm like, yeah, man, yeah. if I had a fuckers. My comment on the grass thing is this, I, and I get it. Yeah, you see the Facebooks posting this person, and then you see people posting the motherfucker should be killed for fucking blowing grass. I just don't get it. It's I mean, grass. like, it's grass. Yeah. I'm not angry. You've been riding a bike for how long? If you can't deal with some grass on the fucking road... It's just I mean, inconsiderate. Well, it's, it, it is what it is. Yeah, it right. depends. I, I mean, mean, people have been blowing, blowing grass on the road since they've been mowing their yards. Right. You know, like, it's just something Since they like, quit bagging and started mulching those yeah, but you fucks. Everybody knows it's <laughs> two in, it's you mow two in. Right, you mow two in. I've mean, heard really a related story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, I'm I, the asshole who blows. I start at my house, uh-huh, and, yeah. and you blow. They go the all the way out, and yeah. I blow it all out on the street on a Wednesday, and then right. they come by and they sweep it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, you see, see, but if you, you go counterclockwise, then it gets evenly mulched around your entire lawn. Oh, you don't end up with just one giant pile in the in middle. In the middle, yeah. That's no So there's a guy who lived across the street <laughs> from me. I didn't get along with him very well. You just don't mow your. I just don't do it. My, yeah, my neighbor actually asked me this year if I'm going. Are you gonna are you gonna cut your grass this summer? <laughs> I was over at your house, and what was I doing? I was fucking chopping down your weeds. I'm like, eh. hey man. I, I told I, I kindly told him. I says whatever part of my Bruce, lawn. I do that at Bruce's. <clears throat> whatever part of my lawn is offending your. Since Eye eyeballs, eyeballs. <laughs> you feel free to run your tractor all the, just kill it, <laughs> just fucking kill it. Take <laughs> Empty much, your old gas. Take as much bad gas as you want from the shop, and just put up a lawn sprinkler and just spray bad gas on your grass. <laughs> you know what I have in the back of my, my is car right solution. now is the solution to your problem. Dead body, Roundup. <laughs> You just need to fucking spray your whole fucking just kill it. Just get a salt spreader and just salt it. I thought you were going to tell me you had shovels and lime in a bag the size of my neighbor. (laughs) I wasn't talking about your, I wasn't trying to be your marriage counselor. It's a 55-gallon drum. Oh, my God. They hold up better. uh, But back to things. Tim, what have you been riding? I've been riding my CSC 250. China, China, China bike. China bike. The California mm-hmm. Scooter Company. That's right. So California Scooter Company 250. Yeah. How many miles are you up to on that bike, man? I am up to just over 4,400 miles total. 4,400 miles? I have not ridden at all this year. <laughs> you have been working too hard. I've been working very hard. <laughs> we made the Marietta trip. Yeah. That I would like... That was on Cinco de Mayo. I would like to forget about. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, Cinco de Drinco? You were in front of Chris Smith. Oh, that's right. Oh, you were behind Chris Smith. <clears throat> yes, I was. Oh. Chris was somewhat slow through the corners, but then when we get to the straightaways, he blasts. Yeah, he put the beans to it, and then with a 250, yeah. he couldn't keep up with Oh, that. so yeah. he was nothing but motor. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And for that little time, I was behind you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Well, that was the same day. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, uh, the three-wheeler through the woods. Which really? Is, yeah. I got just enough property with... And and you got a proper ATC? Yeah. 
125 electric start. Oh, oh that's main nice. reason I bought it. Actually, I rode, start. I rode that like a week ago too, and you asked me yeah. what I was riding. So yeah, I guess I could count. Electric that. starts nice. Yeah, that's luxury, man. So that on is. that whole well, okay. So tying into that, something I was thinking about on the way up here. Yeah, was <clears throat> is the speculator trip going to happen or not? I would be totally. I mean, I'm good with it happening. We're not I'm sure fine. about that. When would that happen? I don't know. I've got. I've got uh, October 21st and October 14th are booked for me. Because I'm so. thinking about not this yeah. weekend, but next weekend going yeah. camping. Uh-huh. And where I want to go is to... Speculator. Clear Fork. Oh. Oh. Well, I mean, if, yeah. unless Clear Fork, unless that's happening, then i got to weigh the whole, am I doing that trip versus... Okay. Because Clear Fork is a old... It's, they did a ski lodge and, and, and lifts and everything, but yeah. in the summertime... They have 175 acres of trails. Wow. So you can go there, camp for 30 bucks, uh-huh. and then for another $20, go ride the trails all day. Hmm. Interesting. So That's I'm pretty cool. thinking Thursday. about trying to do that. That's an, about an hour and 28 minutes, just a little bit further south than Mansfield, I think. Whoa. Oh, that is close. Hmm. That so is proximal. That's well, what Mansfield, I would like to do. PA you're talking to. Ohio. Oh, okay. So halfway between here. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're talking like anytime South anybody East. says Mansfield to me, I immediately think Pennsylvania. No, no. no oh, there's Mansfield, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, like, straight out Route Six, which is kind of yeah. close out to where seventy-one Steve South, is. and then yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, sure. on down. Right on. It's supposedly an hour. So twenty and bucks, you get a play pass. Yeah, and I and suppose for thirty bucks, you get a campsite. Uh, that's a wooded campsite. If you want primitive in the field, it's twenty-five or something or twenty. So for five dollars more, you can have you, get power. you can be in the woods line. Okay. For power, like an RV site, I think it's yeah. forty bucks or something. Oh, they're killing like. you! But That's I wouldn't even do that. I would take my RV and yeah. camp on the most primitive site. Yeah. Because I don't need electric. No, not at all. Yeah. I have batteries. Yeah. Well, there you go. That sounds like a day. I'm taking KLR 650 on the back. Yeah. Piper's Quad Runner on the front. Right. Mini bike inside. Yep. Yeah. Me, Peggy Piper. Turducken. We never even hit the track. <laughs> With those guys, I would imagine there's a kitty motocross course. Yeah. And then there's a real motocross course. Me. Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> Put my, me on the kitty motocross course. I'm totally happy. That's pretty much what's going to happen. Yeah. Me, my wife, and child are going to ride around the kitty rotor motocross course. And then, yeah. well, like, at some point, I'm going to take off and try to ride the trails. And go scamper way. around the right. hills where they used mm-hmm. to be skiing. Yes. Yeah. Well, that sounds fun. That's pretty pretty badass. I like that. So, Nick. Yeah. Um, you can't just be riding that Vespa. I haven't been. Uh, it's been rainy. You I haven't I, even been doing that. No, I, I haven't ridden anything until yesterday when mm-hmm. I rode from Pittsburgh on a new motorcycle that I bought. Bum, bum, I finally found my Bandit 400. Holy shit, good for you. For fifteen hundred bucks. Oh, nice. Wow. Even nice. better. That is fantastic. Would that not be hilarious if it was the one that Renee used to own? Is it black? No, it's orange. Oh, well, it was plastic dipped black, and then last night at like one a.m., I, I peeled it all off, and it was orange. And it turned out to be it was originally yeah. factory orange. Well, no, it was factory. Dip? If it was factory red, right. but somebody did a really good job of painting it orange. Okay. All um, right. And then the the tanks kind of scratched up, yeah. and so they plastic dipped black over top of that. But it's fucking great. Yeah. And how many miles are on this thing? Around thirteen thousand. Yep. You paid scooter money for. Yeah. Yeah, I'm oh, happy with it. God, a liquid cooled 400 cc. Does it run? It runs. He rode it back from that's Pittsburgh. That's the first. Yeah, it's the first motorcycle I've ever bought that I was able to ride home. Oh, <laughs> and you spent no money on it. Yeah. 
Nice. Wow, that is fantastic. Well, good for you. Well, that'll be good for Don't tell Renee about that. She's <laughs> be fucking hostile. That'll be better for commuting to the podcast. Well, yeah. I wrote it here, so. Yeah. Oh, I gotta well, check, I it check it out. out. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, there's nice. a bike to look at later. Yep. Holy shit. That's fantastic. Hip pause. Come on, let's go out. Yeah, oh, hold on. <laughs> we don't do that around here, by God. The uh, show must go on. They'll never, they'll have no idea. Break. And then we're back. So they, <laughs> that's how that goes. Is this a talking point, or did this just end up? I was, at, item or? I was in Chicago, and I was at a place called American Science and Surplus. And if you're ever in Chicago and you don't look up American Science and Surplus, I think I've heard of that. It's pretty genius. Um, you can buy everything you need to build a robot, or a bomb, or a kidney in the same building. <laughs> and it's cheap, too, real cheap. Or a robot, a kidney bomb. <laughs> I think they have one already built on display. You can Probably, steal the plans. Yeah. There's a kit. Yeah, there's a kit. And I brought home a bag that uh, weighed... Probably 16, 18 pounds and cost me less than 50 bucks. So it's about three bucks a pound for miscellaneous scientific shit. That's cheaper than hamburger. It is cheaper than hamburger <laughs> and you get cool stuff. I brought home about 50 scalpels because I use scalpels a oh, lot. Scalpels, yeah. Cutting into electric uh, you know, wiring harnesses mm-hmm. and cutting into shrink wrap. Scalpels are real handy for that. Should have had and one of those for your lime. I know. Could have scalped the shit out of that. <laughs> I bought some uh, real cool uh, Olsen clamps. If you know what an Olsen clamp is, an Olsen clamp is basically a regular little tiny pair of pliers, but at the very back of it, it doubles back on itself, and the ends of the handles lock into each other. Mm-hmm. Like so, hemostats. Like yeah. a hemostat, but not quite. Whereas a hemostat... You can do like click, 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 three different, like usually light grades of tension. Mm-hmm. With an Olsen clamp, you can truly squeeze the piss out of something. Um, so if you're, yeah, if you're looking to. Do they to come from different size nipples or are they all the same? <laughs> <laughs> the cool thing with Olsen clamps is if you're going to be soldering two wires together um, and you want to, you know, you want to tweak those wires together and twist them and then hang on to it with that, the Olsen clamp is never going to let go. It's just, it's never going to let go. It's going to work great for you. And then I got a new tool I wanted to show people because I was so excited about it. Um, and you know, I'll bring this out, but you have to promise not to hurt anybody else with it. Okay, we only it ourselves. Only ourselves. Okay. Check this out. Oh boy. Oh. Is that a cordless soldering? It is a cordless oh, soldering. Oh, That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna heat up. It heats up real fast. <clears throat> yeah. Too. Wow. It heats up super it fast. Is, oh, it is in Milwaukee. It's in Milwaukee. Works with M12, which yeah. is which we is all have. Sold. That's what right. I have. It's all about the Milwaukee M12. And so now we have yet another tool nice. to deplete your M12 batteries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They may have started it. that when I had it. So <laughs> touch a lime with it. Touch a lime. So, yeah, touch it on your tongue. Down so line. It's hot. Yeah. It did make a noise. Yes. 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 It does make a noise. It sounded like a lightsaber. <laughs> um, I've been using it for some local, like, you know, wiring up some, uh, you know, some LED lights and stuff. It gets hot pretty fucking mm-hmm. fast. And it gives you two lights when it's cooking. It gives you one to let you know that it's very nearly hot, and it gives you another one to let you know that it's ready to rock. 
And uh, yeah, it'll take your nose hair. That'll cauterize your uh, nosebleeds. <laughs> I used to like the little butane ones, yeah. you know, but but mm-hmm. they they were they're really good until you get solder in the wrong place, and so they like and the heat's it's, sketchy on the butane. Ones. Yeah, it's they run away from each other. But so it's, it's nice to have a hell to not have a corded to have it's, a non-corded yeah. item. It's red right now to let you know that it was it got hot it's enough hot. that you should give it some caution, mm-hmm. even though it's turned off. So he took the battery out. That, it doesn't that reset that red light as long as it's that temperature. That red light's that red light's on. Right, exactly. So it's just saying, it's just letting you know that you're not supposed to stick that in your, you know, your don't shove it down in the pile of newspaper. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Don't leave it in your pocket. Don't drop that in your pocket real quick or your tool bag. I like Um, that. It's it's telling you not to do that, but it does work real good. It's uh it's the treat on doing real fast. uh, I didn't look at soldering jobs. How many watt is it? I didn't, I didn't even look. Honestly, I didn't even look. If you want, I still have the packaging here. And it'll so cauterize your fingers if you cut yeah. them. It'll mm-hmm. say on the side because oh, it's cutting well. lines. I'm, yeah. trying, I'm trying. But, there's a, but yeah, that little bastard, I think I gave 60, 65 bucks for it. Oh, that's wow. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, sixty-five bucks. If it's a tool that you're going to use, yeah, that's yeah. worth every penny. I've already mm-hmm. used it three times, so I'm pretty happy with it. It's twenty bucks a powder. It yeah. doesn't say what the water. <laughs> twenty <is> bucks. <laughs> the customers are going to pay it off one job at a time. That's right. That's exactly how it goes, and it's been. But I was very happy with as as good as it fired up and as good as it worked. It it's it's a good little good little tool. <laughs> And good in the hand. not too shabby. Will that stand upright on its own with the yes, it with will. the but, tip bent? But not. I don't think with it bent. I yes. think that's asking. <gasps> oh, no, it does. God. Oh my God, it does stand. It's yeah. like my wife doing yoga. It's <laughs> all those impossible angles. She stands on her head and then puts her legs out at a ninety degree angle. Oh, mm. Stop it. And it's perfectly ninety degree stop angle. Stop it. It's crazy. Stop bragging. No, <laughs> if you bought an extended I'm battery, I'm bragging that. about my. Oh, yeah, what's that? If you bought that the extended 12 volt battery, yes, it's, it's, buffet. it's flat. I mean, it would really yeah. sit perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> I only wish maybe it had a I'm little. I'm bragging about her. I'm scared of her. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so wait, right there. Okay, so maybe she's not human. You can so. still outrun her though. No, I can't. Oh shit, she's fucking way faster yeah. than I am. You know, she had a little bit better grip, pretty much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was a little. Like easier to wield. I mean, it's, it's kind of bulky. Yeah, yeah. I don't use it. Like, I don't use it. It is very light. Use like that. That's why it has the little pinch point. So okay. it's supposed to be used pencil style, yeah. okay. which is pretty much not the way I use it. It's right. not weighted properly. For I that. would. Yeah. I would tell you that the way that I used it yesterday is I was holding it between my legs. <laughs> <laughs> it basically was a soldering dick. I was holding it between my legs, and I was doing it bigger. I was doing this, and I had and I had my bifocals on, so I was like, yeah, got it. Yeah. What it doesn't have is a groinal socket. It's your shorts. <laughs> it is the shorts. Yeah, that's, you that's always the need a third hand it. when you're soldering something because you've got two wires and a third hand. Dick, like whatever. Solder and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't but, know why they don't make a soldering iron that's kind of like a hot melt glue gun, you know, where you put the solder yeah. in it. And you can just kind of like click, click, click. Oh, like auto feed. Somebody's yeah. gonna make one that straps the back. It's called of your a hand. welder. It's called a MIG welder. A mil- a yeah, MIG- I was gonna say, hold the solder. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But what I did is I did buy a bunch of those. Um, they're one piece, and they are a butt splice. And in the butt splice is a low temp solder mm. and shrink wrap. So in one piece, and these were at American Science and Surplus, and I bought a bag <clears> of a hundred of them for. $7. So there's $0.07 cents a piece. Oh. And the idea is you just literally 
jam or jelly the wires in together. Uh, <laughs> and they, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, <laughs> and then you just you can't use, do that to your mother. Use your heat gun. <laughs> yeah. Use your heat gun or your soldering iron. Think docking. Yeah, it is docking. you. <laughs> yeah, it is docking. And uh, yeah, and I that's was going to throw you under the bus, but I knew you'd do it to yourself. So I just got my mouth <laughs> Brothers, I can't fuck you over on that. You're going to fuck yourself over on that. And now we're going to talk about it. I've got 40 years of experience walking, watching you fuck yourself over. And now we're going to talk about butt slices. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, American Science and Surplus is that kind of crazy shop. I think you can hey, don't change the subject. Shop from them online. I think you can check them out online. Uh, but if you do go in there, what makes the shop excellent is when you go in and you look at an item like butt splice. So there'll be a there'll be a drawer or a bin of they every known size butt splice, and it will say and like in a handwritten description of the item in the drawer, it'll say butt splice. Now that you've stopped giggling, this is to join. You know, two pieces of wire. Put your wires between these cheeks. Right. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. And so they've managed to come up with, in the past 25, 30 years, they've managed to come up with a clever, handwritten cartoon for every item they sell. I dream Not to be confused with it butt is welding. Dream. Now, is this place yeah, a, yeah, a, a whole different shiny place, right or is this like a little dirty, like, so, but, uh, uh, Bud's Place Land. Uh, <laughs> you were the Bud Splice Girls? Uh, there uh, <laughs> reminds me of uh, Human Centipede. That's, that's kind of butt splicing. Yeah. Girl band. The, uh, but American Science and Surplus used to actually be a warehouse place that was just scientific surplus shit that had gone out to the schools. And you can still buy frogs in a bag. So when you stick the wire into the butt splice, are you sticking it into the butthole? You would if you're doing it correctly. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's got a butt on both ends, so it has two buttholes. It has two buttholes. Wow, it's like cat dog. Or it something. is cat dog. Yes. It's, it's the opposite of cat dog. Yeah, because right. cat dog. I has, wonder what happened to the other Has not I think enough the, buttholes. I think the proper term for that nowadays is rear hole. So it has two rear holes. Two rear holes and, front and no front hole. No front, no front hole. Yeah. Is it is it two butt holes or is it one butt tube? Mm. It is oh. Ooh, it's but tubular. Wow. It is tubular. <laughs> tubular. Yeah, that's but American surplus, science and surplus. I recommend it. Uh, it comes with. You know, I, I give it three buttholes. <laughs> I give it four butt splices. And again, this is somebody who will not sponsor the podcast. Right, <laughs> they will not sponsor the podcast. But they, they do have a lot of cool stuff. Gotten this much the item that I brought out that I thought was fun was every OSHA inspector's fucking nightmare, which is literally a one plug. This is a AC. Six-way plug-sharing device. There's no way that this can't violate an OSHA inspection. Does it have a UL list? It does. On it? Okay, yeah, check well, it out. I see that yeah. you can't plug it into the wall. Yeah, no, you, you can't. can't they they go to a damn cord. sure you can't plug it into a wall, but you could very easily take uh, those ears off. Right, right, I was going to say <laughs> that's what those scalpels are for. That's what yeah. Yeah. there's perforations yeah, on there. Basically, you put that at the end of your extension cord, and now your extension cords can service up to like five or six outlets. Yeah. And so only handle 15 amps. And that was the joke. A <laughs> sawzall exactly. 12 amps on its own. Exactly. So whatever you plug into <laughs> there. So don't, don't run your blender and your sawzall like at the same six time. Six RVs off of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. In West, like, in West Virginia, or my, my, like we call it a carnival. Um, it's called a fuse box. A, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A carnival would run his whole it, But it was only 450 I mean, yeah. for that yeah, price, hey, it's, it's a fuse. You know, it is a fuse. <laughs> That'll keep five workers safe. Yeah. Oh, and it <laughs> I hate it when you keep having to reset oh, the freaking yeah. circuit yeah. breaker yeah. out. That was perfect. 
Mm-hmm. We were on a job site blow one up. time, and that was the the, yeah. the youngest kid's job was to stand out. Oh, there, stand out there and press the button. Keep hitting the brake. That's hilarious. Yep. Oh, sure. Pre-corroded or what? It's an uh, anti-corrosion compound. Oh, it's vintage. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's dielectric. There's green on both ends. Yeah, I've never seen yeah. green dielectric. Green dielectric paste. paste. It's lubed. Uh, what I did think is interesting about that is I was I was almost thinking it'd be fun to run a test on it to see how many amps we could actually carry through it. Because it oh, says, like, yeah. what does it say on it? 15. 15. 15. 15. They make, they print the number 15 on there because that's the size of a wall breaker. Right. right? That's conservative. So 15 <laughs> means we There's get a safety sued. margin yeah. built in. Right? So <laughs> what I'm thinking, the safety margin on that's about 10, no, maybe about 1,000%. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you that. I'm going to think we can run 150 through it. I've easily mounted, melted down a f- one single 15-amp extension cord, <laughs> plugging it into right. the adapter pigtail that goes from... <laughs> the stack of adapters. From 15-amp to 50-amp. <laughs> oh like, you know, like, so, like, the RV, they sell and everything. Right. It's like, here's your 50-amp plug you're supposed to use. Right. Bam! Now you can plug into a 15-amp. Right. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. And, like, uh, my well, buddy used the extension the cord. Is, he's like, all your stuff's not going to... No, get damaged. No, the extension cord and mm-hmm. everything beyond upstream. it. Yes. Upstream yep. is in trouble. I have an extension cord that when you're trying to run that item on like one third of an amp. Yeah, that, <laughs> no lie. All that's like when you look at it, it's just a shell, and yeah. then you can the metal part is there, yeah. and it's completely burnt out. It oh, just there's nothing left. But one day I was just watching it smoke. I'm like, I'm not touching it until it gets its own. <laughs> the voltage drop, <laughs> mm-hmm. the voltage drop there, is right? extreme. What's that? You you have a super. Bad voltage drop on it. Well, yeah, because you're basically creating the world's greatest brownout. Or a resistor. Yeah. That's all it is, yeah. Big, long long copper resistor. So anyway, I thought that was a fun little item to bring out to just show you, like, the kind of shit that's in American science and surplus. Solutions for problems you didn't know you had. It'll never just give up. It'll just melt all the plastic. I think it's fantastic. I I just like the way it looks, and I like everything I'd love to see what's actually inside, if it's, like, copper to copper. or Oh, who knows? If it's, like, 14-gauge wire from outlet to outlet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and but that's like where the, the 15 amp well, part comes in. Yeah, I like the wire yeah. retention oh, system. You, you hook a yeah. loop through there, yeah. put yeah. this down, pull it down. Yeah, the strain reliefs are pretty cool. I got to I gotta go back to there in Chicago and get another one. Don't so fuck this my is shit me- up. You know what this is meant for? <laughs> to be daisy chained. It's daisy chained. So an extension yeah. to yeah. it. Oh, yeah. An extension from it. This is for the four dudes who are working here with grinders. And then it goes down <laughs> to the next dudes who are four dudes who are working with grinders. 50 feet away. We could potentially have like 20 of these things and 20 extension cords. I think this hey, one device can run a whole each. fucking campground off that system. Right? At 15 right. amps each. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can get a lot of that. I'm it's thinking, made to go on the flip flops. I'm thinking if you've got five of these there. things, yeah. we're going to put a picture of it in the show notes, so don't freak out. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you have five of these things, I think you can employ all of your Polish workers. <laughs> all of your, all of your recently documented immigrants. Let's just say this thing looks like a miniature car. It does. It looks like a little car. Like where the yes, hood would be really has the male prongs. Yeah. Where yeah. the trunk it would is. be, there's a female prongs. Where each of the of four course, wheels, the caboose, the caboose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the gazinda, not the gazada. Or the rear hole. <laughs> the rear hole. Exactly. Hey, would anybody like to hear a viewer email? Yeah. Hey, I right. know, right? Viewer email is so much fun. Is it a good one or We need like one? a theme song for that. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that we should have some. I was thinking the sound, man. Theme songs would hurt us. Steve's working on Okay. I'd like to know who views our podcast. Right. I look at my radio every time it's playing. If they're viewing it, they're doing it wrong. I look at it and just go, why? 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 Or they have better drugs than we do. And in the middle of conversation. Oh, I break down. 
Oh my god. All right. Uh, let's let's not. This, do you guys want to tech? Do you guys want people? People are going to learn from. Say <clears throat> it again, please. Uh, I'm listening. Okay. All right. That's okay. All right. Uh, here we go. I love. Oh wait. Let's give the name. And the names are always fun mm-hmm. because well. they was we can that. So this is from uh, Mike. Don't call me Elvis Presley. Mm. At, okay, uh, Bobby. Okay. Shut up! Don't tell me what to do. I know. Mike. Uh, Mike. Mr. Elvis. Mr. Presley, if that's your real name with two S's. Um, I love Cleveland Moto Podcast. But. That's the good. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Wait, there's well like played. a cup of sandwich. Where's the, the, where's the mic? Yeah. Twice. We're going to make this into Mad Libs. I don't what's want to tell you guys a new asshole. Yeah. What, what's the butts place? I here? love Cleveland Moto Podcast, but someone's laugh is so damn loud. Mm. <laughs> I start listening after the gang from Motorcycles and Misfits gave me. you guys big kudos. They are correct. Cleveland Moto rocks. However, when listening to your podcast, I find myself constantly adjusting my volume knob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you and all the other ladies. (laughs) (laughs) One second, I'm turning up the volume to hear your conversation. The next second, back down. Just saying. Oh, well. Keep doing an awesome podcast. Elvis from South Carolina. Oh, fucker goes by Elvis. He, he said, said, "Don't call me Elvis." He said, "Don't call me." No, 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 no. I mean, thank you very much. Elvis or Elvis? It's it's Elvis from South Carolina. Elvis Presley with an extra yes. Okay, that's cool. So that was one. Uh, okay, ready for Who's another one? Oh wait, I I hope Elvis is evacuated. <laughs> oh, I gotta listen. To <laughs> he could be in trouble. Like, yeah, that okay, thing yeah. might be a series one at this Breathing, point. Breathing, coughing, it all be, these little things. It might be a gentle blow. Uh, they're having a hurricane right now in South Carolina, so we hope Elvis has managed to get himself to. I think that's probably on the news everywhere. I think yeah, 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 we, we hope that anybody's <laughs> hoping to get their news tomorrow yeah. Uh, yeah. has left and gone to at least a twenty foot higher elevation because mm-hmm. I think that thing's down to a category half. Um, <laughs> it, it has been cooling its jets. It's going to be a long, slow yeah, soaker. It's just sit- <laughs> yeah, it's going to sit there and yeah. On a related note, yes. Uh-oh. Young Ryan Mackey was with us last yes. week, for, in, fresh in from Alaska. And where is he right now? In the middle of the fucking hurricane. Yes, he is. <laughs> yep, he is. <laughs> he, was, he got in on Friday night at what ten o'clock. Yeah. He was home on Saturday, Sunday. Travels five thousand miles. Gets off home. he fucked to North Carolina. I thought it was oh a fire. Didn't want to miss it. He is. Had a couple of days off. They don't, have fire <laughs> they don't have any time off or anything. I can say if I'm laughing too loud, I'm not going to apologize for that. Yeah, because I really don't <laughs> laugh. I don't laugh a whole enough. Right. When I and laugh, so, I want the world to laugh with me. I'm sorry if yeah. it's me, but I'm not. Fucking it's okay sorry. if we're laughing at you. Right. No, I said with me. I never okay. laugh. Okay. Yeah. I know it's not me, so I need to laugh more. <laughs> Probably. My name is Rob, and I'm from Cincinnati. The Bengals. Hi, Rob. Wait, the Bengals suck. <laughs> the Bengals? The 1980 girls band? What do you mean against those girls? Bangles. Sorry, Bengals. Nice. Bangles. So maybe, this, maybe this was a good one. This was going to be a nice... Yeah. Did, did you know any of them? I don't like the Bengals. This was technical. Okay. It's just no. Oh, oh, wow. Just oh, it's technical all of a sudden. Everybody's paying yeah. attention. They still suck. All right. Oh, come on. Now that's on That's unbelievable. Jesus Christ, Chris. Just What's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and I work with much of the Cincy crew you guys know from Mid-Ohio, Kentucky Kickdown, Bandcamp, etc. I recently picked up a project, CB400F. Nice. Fuck yeah. The We're mildly familiar with those. The F is for fuck yeah. And I've been reading about oil pump and oil cooler mods, as apparently these were hard on oil from the factory. 
Use Amsoil. Did you say hard on? <laughs> he said hard on. He said hard on. No hyphen. He just said hard on oil from the factory. I heard allusion to your personal CB400F on the last podcast. It is there. It's behind It's behind us. It's the one with the MGO Viper fairing on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look at that. It smells, it smells lightly of uh, Highway 1, the West Coast, PCH. Okay. Uh, I'm already pretty set on running an oil cooler and a pressure gauge in the end of the galley under the points cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless the CB400 has a better, unless the 400 has a better tap location. No, it doesn't. But I was wondering if there's a specific oil pump upgrade I should do. I looked all over SOHC4.net, and that's single overhead cam 4. Um, really, actually, a fucking excellent website. So if you're into those types of bikes, go to SOHC4. There's also 4into1.com. There are very good resources for those bikes. And I went to 4into1.com. It was something completely different. No, it was totally different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was totally, it was totally different. You went into 4into1.com. <laughs> That's where you went wrong. It was intriguing. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and couldn't find a conclusive info other than one of the rotors from a 750 should fit. So that's uh, somebody saying that an oil pump rotor for a 750 should fit into a CB400F. So are they talking about like the Lockhart plate, the block-off plate, where you take the, the oil filter cover off? Yeah, take the oil you, filter cover you take off. The oil, and you yeah. put a plate in between mm-hmm. it, so what it does is it, it routes the oil through an oil cooler and back into the mm-hmm. plate, yep. and then through the filter and back into the motor. Yeah, that would be the block-off. So that would be like Lockhart a Lockhart Phillips, for the yeah, cooler. Lockhart yeah. Phillips deal. And that runs with an oil cooler. Mm-hmm. I can assure you, yeah, that's the you deal. You can blueprint those <laughs> oil... Uh-huh. You can blueprint those oil pumps too. I mean, I don't know how what kind of tolerance they come from from the or, factory. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, but yeah. you can dress it up to the nth degree if you want to. Yep. And if if that doesn't work, then you could make something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a friend who owns a machine shop or something, or you can find the right. You know, basically turning a plate of aluminum and drilling it the right way so that. It bypasses the oil filter for a second until it comes back into the oil. What you are looking for is the Lockhart Phillips uh, oil cooler plate for the CB400F. It's not reinventing the wheel. You don't need to call a machinist. Um, they exist. They're probably on eBay. If you have to give more than 100 bucks for it. <coughs> 400 fucking doll hairs! Oh Sweet baby Jesus! Um... Yeah, that's un- that's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a machinist make put a local machinist in business. By yeah, right. I don't think thing. they're that. I don't think make they should be that expensive. Make ten and sell for three hundred. What's that? Make ten and sell. Make ten and sell them for three hundred apiece. There's obviously a demand. So yeah, that's what I was talking about. That plate right there. So that's a hundred bucks. That's what I was talking about. TTR four hundred aluminum anodized oil cooler sandwich plate adapter CB three hundred CB three fifty F CB four hundred F in attractive silver. And that's $99. And then you basically buy your own off-the-shelf oil cooler or any other device what is for housing oil. Yeah, the plumbing from there is on you. It's but, on you. But that yeah. gets you two tap points in, exactly. and, out, in yeah. and out of the right. motor. That gets and, you a gazenda yeah. and a gazenda. And a gazenda. And mm-hmm. anything else you use for an oil cooler can be anything. It can be a transmission oil cooler out of yep. a car. It can be anything that is a radiant A cool piece of copper tube if you want to go oh, steampunk. Yeah. be steampunk. Yeah. Oh. Coil that shit up like 90 turns. Uh, Quarter-inch copper. (laughs) Quarter-inch copper. A radiator from a house. Anything. You could be like in Grand That would be Steve. Amadotter's jug (laughs) barrier. That's it. 90 pounds is going to (laughs) matter. I do swear by by the oil pressure gauge I have going out of the end of the galley on my CB400F. I like knowing that I have oil pressure as I look down. I just have the thing on a 
like 12 or 13 inch piece of plumbing and uh, I it's right by my right knee so and if this I look also at my right knee with the adapter bolt so it does so that so threads into the motor that holds the yeah. plate on yeah but then you have to have threads to hold the, yeah. the f- cover and, everything and I'm going to go as far as to say if you got a CB350F or a CB400F and you're looking at putting a lot of miles on it and you don't like changing oil uh, fortnightly then you should probably invest in that $100 part but then the other kind but I hadn't heard of I mean I've, I've heard people talk about an oil pump problem and cooling with any yeah. number of different motorcycles but I've never experienced one I mean that bike how many miles yeah. are on that that's right. been ridden you know thousands and thousands yeah. of miles mm-hmm. if it had an oil pump problem no. or a cooling problem right. no it I've, wouldn't be here today exactly and i've put hojillions of miles on cb400fs <clears throat> james rode one from cleveland james rode one he bought on craigslist like three days before the event and rode it to milwaukee for rocker box from cleveland to milwaukee on wooden tires from the 70s oh, gotta remember and he that. rode it at like 75 to 100 miles per <clears> hour <throat> keeping up with guys on 750s and 900s <clears throat> and rode it there and rode it back Thanks and to john McElfresh. well yeah you did got, i mean you got the bike running so that's uh that's a big thing so rock on uh for you and uh that is uh and i love this guy's name Rob but if Fogel you, song. But by all means, if you want to put a oil cooler on there, I, I just don't know. The other thing is, can, can you make your oil too cool? Don't you want it to reach a certain it temperature? Should, it should. And you're exactly right. That's this, are you really thing. helping out? That's by one keeping, of the things with my China bike. Because yep. they say there's too much radiator. Yep. And it's overcooling. That's right. Hmm. And what happens when you overcool your oil? It tends to bank water. Yep. So you've got to get your oil temperature up to over 200 degrees so you can cook that water out of the oil. So I would say when you go to see if you can find, mm-hmm. do they make an oil pressure gauge with a temperature gauge? Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. So it'll tell you both yeah. when you when you plumb that in, yeah. and you get I'm so sure you know exactly make what, something. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I would well, say the the cure for my bike is a higher th- uh, thermostat. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Yeah. It's liquid yeah. cool. Yeah. It's liquid cool. It's liquid cool. Right. Yeah. Don't let it go into its uh, heat cycle. Right. Until it is high enough right that's that's brilliant so yeah i don't think that the i i don't think keeping your oil super cool is the answer only because it does it will bank water so did i redeem myself for the burp i i, gave I think you gave it i think that was solid i think that was solid that was good <clears throat> all right so now the, i'm going to just say that as far as tech goes i feel like we're we we're in the kitty we're in the shallow end okay, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> Here comes, guys. Oh, I was gonna say, you got something good for I us. I got something <laughs> good for you. There's diving board involved. Here. There is. Okay. I mean, this is the. This is truly. I'm gonna go. This big. is I'm going the first. high board. This is the one. <clears throat> this is the. This is the. Don't you dare belly flop on this one, because this is solid. Okay, this is from Brett Farrell. Brett Farrell. You, your your name has a lot of double is, letters. Is he R R and L L? Is he really? Well, here it is. Carbs, carbs, and more carbs mm-hmm. make Johnny a fat and happy boy. No reference intended to Mr. Crow. <laughs> or All right, so here we go. This is a bit of a wordy one, so hang in there. I love the AMA podcast you did with the Misfits. You could hear the fun that was had and all the strained voices. Yeah, that was that was a that good was, time. That was a party. Is that a backhanded compliment? Uh, what? Fat and happy? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay, keep up the good work. Your podcast is fun and wonderfully informative on a whole host of subjects. No, it isn't. Uh, <laughs> I assure you, I'm an expert on these things, and we are not informative on a whole host of subjects, unless you want to in- learn about Liquor. docking. 
Uh, <laughs> docking, we got that. We, we pretty well figured docking out. Not to be confused with docking. Right. <laughs> We're rocking like docking. Hold on, stop. <laughs> this is not an email for the podcast. And that's why we're reading it on the podcast. <laughs> Just a selfish idea for a podcast theme on a subject that's not well understood. I beg to differ. And I think would be a PSA at the same time. I've been battling some CV carb issues on two GS500s, mine and a friend. You need less GS500s. Your problem. Get your problem. rid of the pod it's filters. It's a Suzuki. <laughs> it's a Suzuki. You know, it's, it parked next to a katana and spikes grew out of it. <laughs> Um, I've tried to get to grips with CV carbs by research and by asking questions on forums, and I have quickly realized that these carbs are fiendishly simple and complex at the same time with little in-depth knowledge online. You just wrote yourself an out. They can't be fiendishly simple and complex at the same time. They're not. They're CV carbs. They're a pain in the dick, and they will continue to be a pain in the dick because rubber has to be good. Like, the rubber's got to be awesome. If the rubber's not awesome, they're not awesome. I've only found a <laughs> Tell few... Tell me about it. If it's not awesome, yeah. I've got to respect me. I don't even know how to open those damn things anymore. <laughs> uh, I've only yeah. found a few books, Haynes Carb Manual, for example, that cover the subject, but they only explain the basics and tell you how to tune without any real information as to what to do when things go wrong. Basically, look for whole diaphragms. The fact that Harleys also seem to use CV carbs opens up a whole other can of misinformation and half-baked fixes in quotes so first of all the Haynes manual that you're using the Haynes carburetor manual is a fucking excellent book <clears throat> so you're already there I mean, you're there it, it is going to do better than I can do at explaining CV carbs to you and the Haynes manual does a better job of explaining it than I could do because everything I've regurgitated I've gotten from the fucking Haynes manual so it remembers more than I do because it's in print and I suck did he mention which what bike this is? See, uh, GS500, GS500. Suzuki's. Okay. Twins. And good bikes as a whole. Uh, I know that carbs in general are a thing of the past, and that means that decent insights will be harder and harder to find. Well, okay, here are some of the questions that, have been one, that I've been wondering about as an example. As CV Carb's response is controlled by the bike's RPM rather than the throttle, this vacuum. mimics ignition it's, problems. It's, that can, it's controlled by vacuum. Well... Hang on. You're right. There's not even vacuum. Right. <laughs> Velocity. Well, I think we should finish That's the paragraph the yeah, before we string him up. Not even either of that, but go ahead. Oh, stop it. Right. Yeah, you put know a what? sock in it. Put a, put a pin in it, and we'll circle back to it. You know? My buddy Chuck likes to put a pin in things. <laughs> all right. So stick a pin in it. We'll You're going to blow your ass out in a minute. Holding it all in. red. As CV Carb's response is controlled by bike's RPM rather than throttle, this mimics ignition problems that can often be related to RPM also. How to means how to means dif differentiate between carb or ignition problems. Basically he's saying how do we determine what is a carb problem, what is an ignition problem. Okay, so let's just start with that chunk. Carb and ignition problems. We have a joke around here that if you're working on a Kimco scooter and you think you have an ignition problem, you're technically actually having a carburetor problem. And if you think you're having a carburetor problem, you're technically actually having an ignition problem. And that has bared out every time I have gone into a situation where a bike was running poorly and I went, stop, leave the carburetor where it is, install new Chinese black box full of smoke. You put the new black box full of smoke on, the bike runs correctly, don't life is good. Don't let the smoke out. Don't let the fucking smoke out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So yes, there are 
a ton of problems that manifest themselves like a, a weird miss or a weird stumble that if you have the ability to check it with a known good CDI, check it with a known good CDI after you've made one pass at the carbs. Once again, Johnny Fresh will be happy to tell you that he has never met a... Carb that didn't need cleaned. Exactly. <laughs> so make one pass at the carbs, and if the carbs are clean, and they are... The parts are where they're supposed to be, clean as again. Johnny Chrome will tell you, yeah, like, <laughs> how many times just this month... Just this month, you've had... How many fucking carburetors? Yeah, I don't even know. That didn't have the right parts where they were supposed to fucking know. be. A couple sets over the counter and probably three bikes at least. Yeah. Holy so five, shit. Probably five total. Yeah. And these are people Fuck that sets. said they did what? Well, they they just they paid to have their carbs yeah, rebuilt. Either, yeah, either just had them done or just the one The one was definitely, well, my buddy. Yeah. You know, yeah, like the one over the counter set was well. I took them apart and I, I don't know how to put it together. You lost that little piece of brass that goes up in the very tippy top above the emulsion <sighs> tube. I put a little yeah. tear in this rubber piece that holds the carburetor to the side of the motor. Yep. What's that company that makes uh, carb rebuild kits? Canada. Keister. Keister. You know what? I've had bought nobody forgets a number Keister. of Keister carb kits. Yeah. That when you put it in, the thing won't run anymore. Correct. Oh, yeah, those are almost the best, not worth buying. No, I'm just saying that that's I will never K- use those K-N-L again. But K-N-L those are, are the ones. Yeah. I mean, Keisters are, in my opinion, not worth your time. I'm going to get fucking a hate beaver from Canada, but <laughs> the point being, <laughs> I just it has been my experience that any time we try to dick around with a Keister carb kit. That it ends up being more trouble than it's worth. Are they from Keister, Canada? Keister was actively act, seeking feedback from end users and was trying to fix some of their problems. And most of the complaints were thrown towards them, like, "Hey, your fucking gaskets are too fat and they right. interfere with the floats. Hey, your 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 size ninety four main jet is not in fact <coughs> key in size ninety four. God, main I'm so jet. glad you brought that up. It, hey. <laughs> Your shit just sucks, you know. Like it's just the back. taper yeah. on your needle, it doesn't match the factory right. taper. Right. You know, I'm yeah. buying a carb kit to fix my yes. my carb, right. but you're your sending brand, me a whole different kit your, of shit. Your, your brand new needle and seat won't fucking seat. It's it been will, four. It's it will, been four days and it's not fucking still leaking. <laughs> yeah. A. And you guys are professional <laughs> mechanics talking about that, so you get the guy that orders it right. and tries to do it himself on his kitchen table, oh, and he he, he could be meticulous it. as well. And, and yeah, that's. Johnny this, just hit it. Johnny just hit it. This should take care I of I just did problem. the carbs, so it's got to be something else. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. He has and full faith in it. He doesn't mm-hmm. He just put brand new parts in. Yeah. He expects them to work. And to to help our listeners, we are not... I'm just not straight up just shitting on Keister, because I don't know what Keister's been oh, up to. Shit out of your Keister. I'm not trying to... Yeah. <laughs> I'll buy a Keister carb kit. a Keister, this little bat's If I got a carb that doesn't have any jets and doesn't have anything in it, and I'll give it a Hail Mary, but I'll be prepared... To have to bore those jets out or switch out the jets and make it work somehow. If you have don't to like trim the, trim the gasket, have to do this, that, tweak it, and make it work. If you're not ready to completely deconstruct the carburetor kit and completely cut it, drill it, work. I mean, if, if you basically really need to blue, you basically need to blueprint that kit. Yeah. It's like working. It's like yeah. British bikes. You got to fit everything. Well, yeah. and at first, right, some. Yeah. Right. And at first, when I looked at it, and I was like, these numbers that are in this jet kit. The numbers are right, but the jets are wrong. Hmm. 
If you took a jet drill and put it yeah. through a factory jet and mm-hmm. then tried to put it through one of theirs, it didn't go. It's either too it didn't big fit. or small. They usually seem like they're too small. Yeah, it didn't fit. And I tested them myself. I, I grabbed the jets for a CB750, and I was like, that just doesn't fucking look right. And I took the jets out of the carb that we rebuilt. They must have a contract with the EPA. Like, hey, <laughs> we're, we're going yeah. to <laughs> fix all these bikes. We're going to yeah. make them eco-friendly by just... When okay. they buy a 94, we're going to get them an 88. An 88. And I, I couldn't pass a jet drill through the son of a bitch. And then when I did try to run the jet drill through it, I was taking out tons <clears> of meat. That's the way to do it. And you do the right thing. The son of yeah. a bitch was still stamped 94. You just made it a 94. Yeah, I, I had to make it a 94 myself. But I could have done that with the jets that came out of it, for I'd, fuck's sake. You might as well just stick with yeah. the, the one thing you want to buy. Yeah. Or a little, like, with the CB carbs, a lot of them have little tiny O-rings on the jets and they're yeah. press in and stuff. Yeah. Replace all the rubber. Yeah, Keep rubber, the, the rubber the is brass, vicious. You do not need to replace no. the brass. But the rubber's vicious. Everything rubber needs to go. Yeah. So the brass, if you stuff. have... The, the float needles that are aluminum float mm-hmm. needles that go into a brass seat, yep. you take 400 grit sandpaper, you yep. take that little needle, and you, you take you the ridge it. out of it. Is yeah. there and any then way, like, you take, like, lapping a valve with that, and you could get in there and... There is. I mean, you, you can put that. I would, I've never I tried use, that, but I use steel wool in the seat. Steel so wool. The brass seat. Seats, okay. You take a piece of steel wool, put it in a drill, and put it in the seat, and it'll polish the seat. Then you take the needle, you take 400 grit, hold it yeah. just in your fingers, and you just go... And it'll take that little ridge out, and it'll yeah. make them perfect, and they don't stick, and they don't leak. Okay. I, I take a Q-tip. Q-tip is my sneak favorite. Over to, sneak over to the other side of the shop where Luke keeps a nice little thing of paint polishing compound. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Grab a little bit of that grit, put it in there, and yeah. or put it in a drill. chuck that Q-tip right. into my... Yeah. Yeah, and your drill. Yeah, and your mo- drill motor. You put the yeah. Q-tip into your drill motor. You don't have to do very much. It's just yeah. like doing a faucet at home yeah. or something. Yeah. Try Don't do All a you carburetor need a little rebuild. Bit. Yeah. Right. Do, a, do a carburetor restoration. Restoration is exactly yeah. right. That's yes. what I pride myself on. You're probably going to have a better time because... Very few. Does that mean we're going to get a? Does that mean we're going to get a vapor blaster? <laughs> no. We're going to use a sonic cleaner. I'll give you a vapor blaster. blaster. Yeah, purple power or vinegar. Yeah. Fuck. The, uh, you know what? Uh, vinegar for your douches. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you mentioned sonic cleaner and yeah. uh, the the vape shop by my house and the clean old gear. Yeah. Um, they use the strongest proof. Shitty vodka. vodka. Right, mm. vodka. And they said it works. 180 degrees yeah. and an ultrasonic, bad vodka will take care of most of your problems. And my opinion is this that vodka as a con vodka as an idea is not meant for human consumption. It is a cleaning <laughs> solvent. You'll never see me drinking cleaning solvent. But I keep my <clears throat> razors in it at home because it does keep the rust away. You know, I want uh, Hoppy's number nine, like you can bore of a gun. I haven't a gallon tried it. of it and fill up my sock <laughs> there with that. I haven't tried it on a carburetor or, yeah, or motorcycle great. parts yet. <laughs> I've I've done the vinegar trick and everything else, but we here. tend to use the simple green or the purple power or whatever in water, and it works. Purple power, you got to be careful yeah. with. If you leave because shit overnight, you fucked yeah. it. Yeah, you have to pay attention to that. Yeah. You, if you're not, if you're lackadaisical, use simple green or something yeah. like simple that. Simple green's more gentle. But yeah, I tell you what, with that. the purple power, mm-hmm. doing it the right amount of time, yep. if you overcook them, you'll turn them black. Yep. Yeah. But if you do it the exact right amount they of time, you'll get the cadmium rainbow will come back. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll look like a brand new set of cars. It does. Yeah. You rinse them really good in water. You have to totally super rinse oh, them yeah. in water. It's basically Why? three trips in a Harbor Freight ultrasonic. But they'll look like the a brand new set of cars. <laughs> <laughs> 480 seconds time. 480 seconds times three. Times three. 
in the Harbor Freight Ultrasonic. Yeah. No 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 dip tray. Get rid of that fucking plastic piece of shit. Absolutely. Get rid of that thing and then set it in there, let it run three cycles on it. It'll be beautiful. The other thing though that I used to use before I had that was the the gun like you go to your auto parts or you can get a gallon the pail. No, I'm which was, which yeah. is, which was pretty excellent. Berryman's, Berryman's dip. Yeah. 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 That really did very well. Sell that? They do. Just, yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. We still have some of it out there and they're really, 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 really shitty carbs where, I mean, if you look at it, if I look at it and I go, wow, this thing's in the passage are going to be all shitty. Yeah. It'll go into Berryman's first. Yep. Come out, hot water. Right. <clears throat> blow it out. They don't go in the dip. They don't yeah. go in the... They don't go in the library. Yeah, they'll just... The other thing that I use that for is a degreaser and stuff. So you take that, dip a little brush in it, and degrease your whole fucking... The nastiest parts of your bike up under the motor. And the very... The brown stuff? Yeah, because that stuff is water-soluble. It's water-soluble. The <laughs> gallon stuff that you get from the auto parts store. Mm-hmm. And you can just hose yeah, it yeah. off, it comes mm-hmm. off. And on wheel hubs, it will take off the plastic. So the wheel hubs actually have a... Take like When you put a polish them, it'll yeah. take the coating off. And then you can polish them with stainless steel. Like yeah. uh, lower fork legs, lower fork legs, and the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I There's found? a whole YouTube video on removing that uh, bullshit yellow stuff off of fork legs, so you can look it up. What I found that's great for cleaning a motor that you know you're gonna have to paint anyway because most of it was teal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, overspray like a son of a bitch. Yep, <laughs> overspray like I just don't fucking that care. Sounds like an oven cleaner job. Hey. That was an oven cleaner yeah. job because it yeah. preps that motor yeah, to accept paint. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, the lie in oven cleaner, whatever the magic ingredient <laughs> is in like easy off oven cleaner, right. means it can go straight from literally straight from like oh you dug that out of the lake. To, and we're painting it now. Yeah. <laughs> that'll that'll take anodizing. It it's yeah. a one-move product. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it will. Yeah. What's that? It was, It'll take anodizing on. Oh, yeah. You know? it, was, it was probably yeah. the best motor paint job I've ever done. Yeah. It and came it, out so clean. Yeah, and I lost all the fingerprints on my left hand. <laughs> yeah, I wore gloves. <laughs> I could go rob a bank and be like, some fish robbed us. So back to CV carburetors. <laughs> yeah, okay, ready? So what's wrong with the guy's CV carburetors? No, no, oh, is that what two? we were talking about? I forgot. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so we were talking about differentiating between carb problems and ignition problems. And the answer is first, clean the carburetor first. Make sure the carburetor, all the parts are present and located where they should be. And then, and important to on, say what you said before, make yeah. sure the rubber bits are healthy. Yes. Okay, Absolutely. and one Very of the ways important. you can check that is if your CVs, if you blow a little air in the backside of the carburetor, yeah. not the side that connects to the motor, but in the backside, go to each yeah. one of them, yeah. puff a little air, and make yeah. sure that the CVs are moving up and, and down. If you and that use... they move with the same amount of actual right. air force. You know, yeah. if you have one that you really have to blow on, then you probably got a problem with that. Yeah. But that's the way to tell if your CVs, yeah. if that's happening, yeah. your CV... The portion of that is not your problem. And keep in mind, what you're doing with the CV, all you're doing is you're creating a, a, a vacuum of air. That's the whole idea. When you crack the throttle, you are not mechanically, you are not mechanically lifting a device. It's actually more blowing air into it. You are you look literally at the just opening up a slide. You're opening up a butterfly. To the, let the air go through. The air that hits those carbs is yeah. actually going through those little bell mm-hmm. mouths at the top of the carbs. Yep. And it's the velocity yeah. that's going into that that lifts those up. So it's not really sucking them from the top. It's it's what lifts them. It's what, sucking it from the other side. What lifts the velocity them up is created by the vacuum on the other side yeah. of the car. And what lifts them up is a pressure differential. <coughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Lower exactly. pressure on top. Lower of pressure above. The slide. Higher pressure below. Causes. Yep. The sliding glove. It's Bernoulli's exactly. principle. It's Bernoulli's. Right. Bernoulli. Bernoulli's. Bernoulli. 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 One of those fucking famous Italian. gymnasts. <laughs> <laughs> Bernoulli. My wife. And, Vert- and Venturi fought with him. 
<laughs> they had a big battle between Jesse Bernoulli Ventura? and Venturi. Jesse Venturi. <laughs> okay, drilling the vacuum hole oh, yeah. to the diaphragm to increase throttle response. Bad idea, question mark? Damn it, to Yes. Bad idea, yeah. Defeating the non-stall idea behind CD carbs, the equilibrium state, diaphragm position will be the same anyway, etc. First of all, that entire thing that you just put in parenthesis just tells me you were puking the data back out of the book. So you have more technical data than we're going to give you here. I'm calling you out on the fact that you are literally copying and pasting things out of a book or a text. Uh, credit given, though, because he is he's reading. Found he's a educating himself. Right. He's, he's found a very tricky part of it. He's copied it. He's put it in here. Defeating the non-stall idea behind CV carbs. The equilibrium state diaphragm position will be the same anyway, etc. If you're quoting equilibrium state to me, then that tells me that you're not looking for the shade tree version of this anymore. You're literally looking at the Haynes carb manual version of this because equilibrium state is in the Haynes carb manual. Um, that's where I learned it. Go ahead. Can you please have some more equilibrium juice? Yes, get some more <laughs> equilibrium. Quartz I was going to say, you guys, you guys are getting into your I, own I equilibrium can state right now. Your what do you have to think in your head when you're working on these cards? I want you to take along. You're not trying to modify them. No. You're the trying to you make it run like it was brand new. Exactly. Because okay. I will give you, uh, I will tell you that a stall did not happen when it was brand new. No, exactly. so this bike was brand new. It's exactly. It right. ran like fucking like a fuel injected bike. Yeah. Right out of the wrapper. And remember that the engineer from day one had to balance efficiency and performance, um, and reliability. Like that's what he had to deal with, and then cost of production. I bet so, he was more worried about reliability than yes, anything else. Absolutely. So if you're going to go for stock, go for stock. Now, this is where I do want to get into. The Harley crowd love to cut springs and then stretch them. <laughs> yeah. Do free flow type filters affect fuel ratio as they would in slide type carbs? Question mark. Those are two separate items. Is the vacuum that operated the diaphragm caused by air velocity or the constriction of the throat or a mixture? Okay. Oh. We have found that slightly closing the throttle from wide open throttle gives a bit more oomph at mid range. What does that mean in a CV carb situation? In slide carbs, it means the main jet is too lean, but here I suspect it means the needle-needle jets are too rich. Where would you look to troubleshoot a flat spot when accelerating through a specific mid-RPM range? Flat spot made worse when wide open throttle, which is strange because diaphragm slide should only respond to engine RPM, not the throttle butterfly position. Okay, well, you can give up the thought that the diaphragm only responds to engine RPM. Well, isn't the DP changed every time you move exactly. the throttle position, yes. the butterfly position? Yes, exactly. So, so if you're opening it wide, then your right. DP right. is... So it, doesn't, it is not directly correlated. There, you know, correlation open is butter, not causation. Open, wide open butterfly yeah. does not equal wide open slide. Exactly. And, right. and 10,000 RPM doesn't necessarily, wide open, doesn't necessarily mean wide open butterfly or wide open uh, CV. Because if you're at 1,000 RPM exactly. with a wide-open butterfly, it's different than if you're at 10,000 RPM with mm -hmm. a wide-open butterfly, mm -hmm. and then right. there's a bigger so differential. So that's that RPM. correlation is not causation. Um, that is not it. And I know that he's saying that he's hung up on the idea that a CV carb is based is RPM-based, and it's not RPM-based. I understand that engines are air pumps, and that's the first thing people are going to say is, well, an engine is just an air pump. Well, it is just an air pump, and at a certain RPM, it pumps a certain CFM of air through that carburetor. Yes, that's true. 
except for what the CV carb was designed to do was to literally adjust for differences in atmospheric pressure, altitude, and things like that. So it is not static. It is not just always CFM <clears throat> equals this right. uh, slide position or this diaphragm position. Yeah, because the response to air density. Exactly. Right. And that means the bike will handle differently once the air that's going through it is warmer or colder or more dense or what have you. But a cut spring or now, a this is more important. would be is more important in that sentence because right. if it's a cut spring, yes. you're going to tend to be rich. A cut right? spring so there's there's three things. There's it's like a, a governor spring. with the wrong with right. the wrong tension of spring. Right. It's gonna be wrong. Right. And I've done it too, and so there's the three things you can do is there's a stock spring there's a cut spring, and there's a cut and stretched spring. And uh, I believe uh, Megan, our cat in Motorcycles and Misfits podcast, was just talking about this with their Ninja 250, was they had cut the springs and stretched the springs, and knock was You don't have to cut the springs, because what happens to springs over time? Exactly. They sag. They sag. So if anything, right. you don't need to cut your springs. So here's the you trick. You need fresh springs. Well, no, hold on, because one of the problems with the CV carb community is that the carb waits too long to respond because it's waiting to be efficient. It's waiting to be efficient. It's waiting for there to be a big pile of vacuum before it goes and moves. So what people did for a long time was they would cut a turn or two out of their spring. And the idea was because the spring was shorter, that there was less preload against those diaphragms, and that when you cracked your throttle wide open, that the diaphragm moved up easier. That's a cut spring. And then there's a cut and stretch spring, which is the opposite. When you have a, a normal spring that is fatigued over time because it's 30 years old, and that spring is no longer giving you the same tension against those diaphragms that it used to, the technique would be that you would take the spring, cut it, because when you cut coils out of a spring, you're, uh, no, I'm good, thanks. You're cutting out uh, some of the softer portion of the travel. And then they would cut the spring and stretch it. They usually cut out the center of it. <laughs> <laughs> Just the middle. Yeah. So you're saying that the spring... And you, use a, uh, and, and, you use a, uh, and you use a solderless butt connector yeah. to reconnect the, the So you're saying that the springs in the CV carburetor are actually progressive springs? That they're, they are, if you look at them. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you look at them, the bottom lines are a little tighter than the top lines. Are, the middle lines are. I'm just saying... Um, yeah, they are progressive. So if you do take apart a standard CV carb, that you'll notice that the winds in the middle are different than the winds at the ends. And so if you cut out the winds at the ends, which are closer spaced to each other, and therefore softer, then you are dealing with more of the longer spring coils, which are stiffer. And if you cut them and you stretch them back out again, you will have restored the original stiffness without buying new springs. You better be... Real accurate. You and it is yeah. impossible to be that accurate. I will fucking guarantee you that yeah. your CB carbs aren't the problem. It's the problem that they're not functioning properly. Exactly. Yeah. And you need to yeah. restore them it, and make it, them. You function had everything properly. stock. Yep. And, and it was hundred percent stock. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my carburetor experience is I know everything's right inside the carburetor. <laughs> it's still running like crap. I got plenty of fuel going to it. <laughs> Give me a can of ether, and I'm going to spray this thing while it's running. While it's running. And see if I got an air leak. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if I got yeah. an air leak, hey, yeah. there you go. Or a it could be a bad intake. It could have a float issue. Yeah. Yes, it could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Float yeah. issues do, especially with those those, yeah. those carburetors, I'm pretty sure 
don't have overflows. Mm -hmm. So if your float height is too high, right. it's going to dump extra fuel yeah. into the cylinder. Yeah. And what does everybody with a Sportster do? Everybody with a Sportster takes the spring out of their car, they cut the bottom turn out of it, and they put it back in. And every single one of them swears that when they crack the throttle wide open, they get faster throttle response because the diaphragm doesn't have as much pressure to fight against. The diaphragm jumps up in the air quicker, and if you cut the spring, you cut one coil off the bottom of your spring, and you move your <coughs> clip on your needle, if you have a clip and needle, or you add a couple of shims to it, so that your needle is up mm, three or four millimeters from where it was from the factory, that all of a sudden your bike turns into a raging panty monster, and it's just the best <laughs> sportster ever produced by God and Willie G himself. Also, my friend, you have just learned a very important lesson when you talked about cranking it wide open, yep. and then I get a little more horsepower when I back yep. it off. And you back it off. Welcome to throttle tuning. That's throttle tuning. <laughs> Live with it, yep. like it, That's love tuning. it, and yeah. use it frequently. Use it all the time. Yeah. Wide open throttle is never the right solution. You should always back off a tiny bit and see what happens. When Pete and I were on the TWs, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. dial, I was constantly like wide open. Pinned. I'd go right past him because he yeah. never did anything with his carb. Okay. I would go right past him, and he's got a little more weight. Um, oh, oh, is this oh, going to turn oh, into a brother oh, thing? We don't run identically matching legs. Once, yeah. once we got up to, to cruising speed or right. whatnot, yeah, just back off a little bit, and yeah. you just it, it was smooth right out, yeah. and yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. As soon and as you back heads, out of the throttle, they had CV carbs on them. Yeah. As soon yeah. as you back out of throttle, just a tiny bit, one eighth <laughs> of a turn, all of a sudden everything just drops in. Yep. Because you're not fighting that that flutter right. of that top of the diaphragm. The 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 slide just bouncing off the top of the diaphragm. And just to clarify, it's got a lot more pounds off. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Some> a dick. <laughs> Do those have uh, slots in the needle? Do those GS 500s have slots in the needle? I don't know if they have slots in the needle or not. I'm I don't gonna remember. Make, I'm going to make the assumption they do not. that they, they do don't. Not. So a lot of they did. did, just, did you did yeah. some, right? I just did a pair this week. They're off a 97 GS 500E. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't they, have slots. That particular set did The not. usual, kind of the usual thing is a lot of manufacturers that are pedestrian will not have slots because they don't fucking want you. That's the reason there's lead over the goddamn air-fuel mixture screw. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? A quick, I just yeah. had to say something real quick about that. The whole wide-open throttle versus backing off a yeah. little bit. When you look at a slide carbur carburetor or yeah. a CV when it's fully <clears> open, you will see that the slide... At a certain point, opens up until the full aperture, the full opening yep. of the carburetor, and when you give it a little bit more, it actually is going up yeah. in. It's no and longer. And then around. it's not making more flow; it's actually making more volume. And what right. you want with your intake track is for it to be a constant flow all the way through it, yeah. not mm -hmm. an extra cavity up yeah. here and making it's a diversion. turbulence. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right, right. So laminar flow, laminar flow, flow, right. flow So that's why a lot flow. of times, and yes, some of it is uh, jetting and whatnot. Yeah. I, I'll give you that. Right. But there is a reason why backing up a little yeah. bit sometimes actually makes it run better. The whole thing behind Bernoulli's principle is its speed. So the faster your air can move through that given orifice, the more it's going to pick up and take with it. That's that's the whole game. It's just to keep the speed of the air up. And necessarily having a large orifice isn't going to do that. But having the right-sized orifice for the amount of fuel supply you have available to it is everything. From But from pumping loss standpoint, yeah. a large orifice reduces pumping loss. Yes, it does. But yeah. too soon... <laughs> 
Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely true. <laughs> but he's measuring it in well, hundreds of thousands of gallons of poop. Hey, we're not talking about head pressure. We're talking about <laughs> we're talking about head lift, pressure. Lifting fuel out of yeah, you got head pressure. <laughs> lifting fuel out of your orifice. Some head pressure. Steve only sees things in millions of gallons <laughs> of shit at a time. <laughs> <laughs> but how many millions of gallons of shit per minute is it? But, but you know the same <laughs> problems you have with CV cars. What's the laminar you, you have the same thing with yeah. slide carbs. It, Absolutely. When yeah. the position is wrong, if the slide sticks, if you have a, if the flow level's not right, if you, I mean, every single thing that goes wrong with them goes wrong with slides. Of course. Mm-hmm. And that's why well. I shudder when somebody says, rip those CVs off and put on a set of flat slides. You know, and that's been the answer around here for years is somebody's like, oh, first thing I did was I got rid of those CVs and I put on a set of flat slides. Well, that's not necessarily going to make your bike faster. No. What I can guarantee is more gas is going to go out the tailpipe in an unburnt fashion until you tune into that. What you're going to do is you're going to show very quickly the shortcomings you have in dyno tuning. You're going to show very quickly the shortcomings you have in actual seat-of-the-pants tuning. Because when you do deviate from stock in such a manner that you are walking into a flat slide, then you are probably going to be playing the who's got the right jet game. You know, the best thing that Honda did, well, I would say the worst thing that Honda did <laughs> was put screws on the bottom of the bowls yes. instead of yes. the clip. And the clip. Because yeah. you could tune a carb so the clip much was easier so easy when you could just see unclip yeah. it and yeah. take yeah. the jet yeah. holder out. And yeah. When you could drop a sediment bowl, the way a float bowl was meant to be dropped in right. old cars and everything else, which was just just move that son of a bitch with your thumb, drop it out, get the jets out, put new jets in, clean thumb. everything out. Yeah, <laughs> tune it. Well, just yeah. After, after forty some years, you kind of need a screwdriver. Yeah, but I mean, I, I I did my learning on a 1937 Chrysler, and you'd reach under the hood and you'd flip your thumb and you'd drop the float bowl off the carb and you'd throw the rust out on the ground with the gas with it and everything else and you'd put the sediment bowl which was made of glass and sexy and you'd put it back under there and it looked cool and it worked and there was like a thumb you know like your thumb was what you used to do it and that was just daily maintenance of a 1937 Chrysler. From a tuning standpoint, yeah. though, it was much easier. Yeah. Because you could, well, if you wanted to change jets, it right. takes you two minutes to change And the that's where the trouble of too much of jet, too much of carburetor tuning is poke and hope. And until you really do have a rolling road, a proper dyno, yeah. something that you can do a comparison against, 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 or... An EGT gauge or an exhaust gas analyzer. So unless you're using an exhaust gas analyzer, which or we own, a color we, tune. What's that? Or a color tune. Or a color tune. tune. Exactly yeah. right. Like we have all the stuff here, and it is so much better for ninety percent of what we do to build to stock. It's just better to yeah. build to stock because then you have the benefit of hundreds of hours of research and development that went into that particular well, the machine. That's what they're doing. Yeah, I yeah. like. Look, I tell people every day, if you don't think the little Japanese man that engineered this fucker meant for it to last 15, not 16 years, you're wrong. Your bike is reaching its planned obsolescence. It's doing what it was meant to do by a person who's much, much smarter than I am and much, much smarter than you are. Your bike is experiencing planned obsolescence. It's It's got a lab coat and a PhD. Yes, Mm -hmm. it's going to become a pain in your dick now. And it's going to make you want to buy a new one because 
that level of engineering is so good. And something so fantastic. And, and with his car problem, yeah. And not, I don't know much about GS five hundreds. I'm not. Well, a I know the person. one thing Come about. On, here's what I know about GS five hundreds. They don't have brand new ones down at the dealership, I don't think. Even though it's Suzuki, <coughs> land where the carburetor still runs free. <laughs> right? Even though they've been keeping the same bikes alive for the past 40 years, I'm pretty sure that a GS that he's talking about is probably a mid-90s bike. But what I was going to say, though, is that some things are counterintuitive. Right. So when I was tuning my Ruckus, which... You know, Wait a second. Gonna, you were tuning a ruckus? Well, no, I <laughs> you mean you were just buying a bunch of parts off a battle scooter and bolting them on? Well, no, I wanted to make it run correctly. And right. I didn't like yeah. the flat mid-range. I right. didn't like the, you know, I wanted a higher top, mm-hmm. and I went through all this stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, intuitively... You wanted it to be the awesome 50cc bike it could be. Well, yeah, I mean, you'd like it to... They go, to, you'd like it to go 50 miles an hour, which it should be able to do. Which is one mile per hour per cc. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're hoping By for. that standard, yeah. I my 1200 like BMW 70. should be fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Mach 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, just like, oh, but I, oh, I was just going to say, I put an uh, uh, exhaust on it. Yeah. And what would you think you would do to the Jetic? You'd rich it. Right. Exactly. So rich it at two. That's not rich it at two. Rich it at two. Ran shitty, shitty, shitty. Leaned it to, ran perfectly. If you read any tuning guide, they will tell you that a more less restricted exhaust may make it richer or may make it leaner. Right, but the only way you find out is by experimentation. Yeah, that's all you, and you're more safe going rich than going right. lean. Right. And one so, thing, one thing that I did learn in the day that I have owned the Suzuki Bandit is that we looked at the Bandit outside. It looks oh yeah. nice. Oh, you bastards! I, I think it looks pretty good. The but, plastic but, dip comes off easy. Yeah, it came off pretty easy. But um, but one thing that I did learn <laughs> is <bandit>. that <laughs> one thing that I did learn was that the anal Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. People will typically think that richer is better. Right. When it comes to carb tuning, Ultra is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, I mean, they they automatically think that it's going to be more power, right. and uh, it's the that, opposite. It's yeah, he yeah. thinks power yeah. baby. to a point, right. to yeah. a point. Yeah, but at a certain point, it's worse, mm-hmm. yeah. and it, then it can lead to things like washing the cil- the oil off the yeah. insides of cylinders, mm-hmm. and filing plugs, yeah. and carbon, and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. Lean is amazing, until it's not. Yep. When does your bike you run the best? Right before it runs out of gas. The rule. Yep. Right before you put a hole in it. Right before you put a hole in an expensive car. That's that point where the bike is running fucking amazing, but for a very short lifespan. 1,100 degrees? Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. 1,200? Not so cool. 1,201? Not so cool. Yeah. And that's, uh, so, uh, I did want to mention, because we're just kind of jumping into this whole game with this gentleman's email, but, you know, his point, and this is just based on his email, but what I did want to talk about in the podcast is I have found here at the shop something over the past 17 years or so, and we have seen cams. We have seen cams fail, and I just didn't think, if you'd asked me 20 years ago if I would see as many fucking machined cams, I would have said probably not. But we've seen our share of machined cams, cams that don't cam anymore, you know. And just to put it, to put it deli- you know, so anybody can imagine, a cam is simply a device at the top of your motor 
that has different height lobes on it, so they will open and close the valves in conjunction with the rotation of the crank via a chain or some other system. It's a fucking shaft. It's a lumpy <clears throat> stick. It's a lumpy stick, exactly. <laughs> a lumpy got, stick. It's got a piece of round metal that looks like an egg. It is egg-shaped, yeah. exactly. Until it gets Until worn it's out and it's, it's not round. And it's not an egg, it's once round. It's not an egg, once it's not an egg anymore, then it's no longer opening and closing your valves the way it should, and your motor will suffer from bad performance. Have you seen Maybe the plastic cams? Yes. <laughs> They're made of candy cane. Cam, candy cane. Cam, uh, okay, candy so there is a half a bottle of tequila missing. Yes, there is. Somebody lost it. Apparently, <laughs> 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 help get rid of that half. I know nothing. I know nothing. But what we. Here's an interesting thing that I've kind of figured out about cams. And that. Uh, they don't show up to the podcast anymore? They don't. <laughs> <laughs> Only the Vanderhorst cams. Uh, the Vanderhorst cam. Uh, the Vanderhorst cam has been missing. Uh, but oh, listen to that. That bottle does pour really nicely. I got to give it to it. That, that bottle it's got its own fountain spout. It has a built-in spout. It really does. I may keep this bottle. It's like a waterfall later for other two in, two fingers. The Los Cobos fountain spout. It is Los Cobos fountain spout. But now the, uh, a third of the bottle. Left. Now we're a third of the bottle. That was a generous. Yeah, that was a bit of a generous. Two heavy pours right there. Yeah. <laughs> is that a full bottle? That must be like a, you know like it's so not like a fifth. Like is it a fifth? Is it's it a seven fifty. I think it's seven fifty. Looks like seven hundred cc's. Yeah. It looks like a seven fifty. Thank him again for this. this Once again, tequila's yeah. delicious. Hey, Corzo. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, anyway, but we haven't. I, I wanted Michael Fresh to go off on the deep end, though. No, he's been very careful. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying. I, when we went outside, I was like, wait. Once I went outside and Are I you? smoked a cigarette, and I was like, ooh, the tequila, fresh air, or something. Mm. I don't, there must be a reason why I'm getting so revved up about this podcast and this technical question. <laughs> and why I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Tequila is not a depressant. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is the only alcohol that is a stimulant. Thank you, Emmy. As long as it doesn't make your clothes fall off, we're okay. <laughs> we're I see that. You're the only thing that makes my clothes fall off. <laughs> Baby. To the... Oh, man. Drink on and, 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 Do we need to get you guys a bike connector? Saddle. <laughs> Saddle down. So here's why I bring it up. <laughs> Double <laughs> Turns out, bears and bikinis. <laughs> Driving my bikinis. <laughs> That's the tequila talking. Yeah. Michael Fresh has arrived. <laughs> yeah. And so this is where it's going to go right now. That was it. For anybody who's playing at home, uh, one hour forty. I'm blowing. We just, just, we just stepped off the cliff. Yep. That's it. No turning back. Uh, Michael Fresh is now generating his own his own heat. His own water. <laughs> he is really fully frozen. So, but here's one thing we did want to bring up: improper maintenance <clears throat> of a 12 or 14 year old bike can cause accelerated cam damage. Because, and I think I figured it out, it is more than just a ritual or an old wives' tale to change your oil in fucking November, or. Absolutely. Before you put the bike away. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you don't, there's all kinds of horrible shit in your oil, plus there's the condensation <coughs> yeah. where we are. Acids and nitrates yep. and all kinds it's of nasty bad. stuff. It's terrible. And we have a ridiculous amount of condensation here because for a few months every year, it'll be 50 during the daytime, 
but 28 at night. And that transition creates oodles of condensation. Go out right now and look at your pile. I know. It's covered in water, right? I left the top and I left the top. No. So my vinyl seats How many schools were wet. closed last night due to fog? Fog. Or, or right. delayed opening. It was a weird day in yeah. Cleveland yeah. for anybody who... We had a, yeah. we had a marine layer. It was a weird day. Fall is 100% humidity. It is, and that's exactly what's happening. Yep. And when you have that inside your motor, it's going to attack the parts of your motor that are not covered by plating of some sort. So your can... Or submersion oil. Or submersion oil, exactly. And when you so start your crank up and you see that water dripping out your tailpipe... Guess what? There's some going into your motor, too. Oh, no, it's been there. Yeah, 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 that's the water coming out of your mouth. That's leaving. That's the good stuff. Yeah. That's, that's the better water. stuff. <laughs> you take a hydro, hydrogen and carbon, yeah. mix yeah. it with oxygen, yeah. and what do you get? Right. Water and carbon dioxide. That's why and if you start it, you should run it until, until yeah, you bake it all that comes out of to it. temperature. Yep. Right. <clears throat> and so when you're short hopping a bike, which a lot of our customers do, and when you're putting no. away a bike that's, you're putting it away wet in the wintertime, so you're putting it away with old oil, maybe a season or two or three or four seasons old. There's shit tons of corrosion that happens in that motor, and that's a technical term. The, uh, <laughs> as well as it sits there, yeah. and all the oil over time, the, it, it drains gone. Down. It, it goes away over time. And water takes its place and corrodes everything. So if you're going to start your bike up in the middle of winter for yeah. a half hour and yeah. warm it up right. just to keep it alive and everything, right. don't you want to have fresh oil in there? Yes, as opposed to be absolutely. Cool? Don't so, just mix up the old shit. And, right, and, and I'm going to talk about a customer's. We've had a few bikes that we've seen cams that didn't have any lobes on them anymore. And it turns out that iron oxide is a fantastic abrasive. No. I know. Imagine that. <laughs> and where does iron oxide come from? Rust. It's rust. What's sandpaper made out of? Iron oxide. Or aluminum oxide. Yeah. Right. And so all these oxides, which are a byproduct of the rusting process are really good at taking metal off of other things. And it turns out that... Go ahead. The aluminum oxide has a, is a 9 on the Mohs hardness scale. Is it really? Yes, it is. I, I'm happy to know that. It's one of my favorite abrasives <clears throat> around the house. Right up with a diamond. No, yeah. Diamonds are 10. Yeah. I use Mohs are 9. I use Black Beauty, and, and I use aluminum, aluminum oxide. At my house, with a blaster, when I'm trying to sandblast an item, I'm using either Black Beauty, which is coal slag, or I'm using aluminum oxide. So those are the two things which is called Starbright, trade name. So I use Starbright or I use Black Beauty to, to remove scale, to remove rust. Don't to use talc, because that's one. Yeah. <laughs> the fingernail is four or five. Oh, wait a second, <laughs> talc is one? Yes. Talc, talc is one. Yes. What's baking know. soda? It's probably a It's two, probably like a two or a three. three. Yeah, right. So yeah, all the baking soda blasters, right. your fingernail works harder than a baking soda blaster. Yeah, but there's a lot more pressure. They're backed up behind yeah, 200, yeah. 120 PSI. But if you load it with fingernail clippings... You're better off. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck walnut shells. It's fingernail <laughs> clippings from now on. Ground <laughs> fingernails. Talc will give you ovarian just, cancer. Just, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I said talc will give you ovarian cancer. I saw it during Dr. Phil. I'm just going to go scrape up all the fingernail clippings out of the bottom of the brown tundra. <laughs> How do you get the uh, into your ovaries? I mean, you got to really be powdering aggressively. <laughs> yeah. Brown tundra sounds like a euphemism. Well, I flowered my balls. <laughs> I, I, I went over this chick last night. I was over the brown tundra. <laughs> 
Am I through, in through your belly button? This <laughs> just a handful of tank, talc, and just go at it. Boy, look at the time. <laughs> you know what? You just, you, if, you, if, you, if you hit the talc on the hoo-ha just right, the talc comes out the belly button. That's how you know it's full. You know, all day long, every time she sneezes, there's a little white poop. <laughs> That's how you know she's full. I'm sorry I said talc. <laughs> wow. Went right off the rails. <laughs> All right. So I anyway, I'm so loud. Uh, you guys are laughing. It's him. It's him. It's him. <laughs> laughing loud. Is there a loud laugher here? Actually, I think that uh, I, I think that Johnny Chrome has the uh, yeah. patented. Is he a I think Johnny Chrome might be. Is he a It's probably not the. It's probably not the volume. It's probably the. He's the got hertz. the Burt Reynolds. Yeah. 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 He's got the Burt Reynolds laugh because when you really get going, it's, it gets higher. <laughs> and it turns into the Burt Reynolds laugh. <laughs> which, exactly. It worked for him. Oh man! So there's somebody's like grabbing his knob right now. This dude is totally grabbing his knob right now. Well then, the rest of the podcast. I can analyze the sound spectrum of this podcast and determine which sound is the most annoying. Busted out the oscilloscope. Jump this. There it is. I see it. And it gives you the entire sound spectrum of this. Okay, we're gonna go around the table. He's now going to assess the light spectrum. Hello. 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 Hi. Hey, guys. Hi, boys and girls. So, anyway, back to the... 50 kilohertz. It's the offending member. (laughs) 50 kilohertz? Dogs dogs hear that. (laughs) The human hearing spectrum is 20 to 20,000. Somebody's laughing in in ultrasound, okay? (laughs) However, let's go to Christie's. Stop. <laughs> okay. anyway. Wow. Tequila. That elevated quickly. Tequila marketing. Escalator, bird. whatever. Okay, so now here we are. John hit a ledge on the way off that first cliff. He's, yeah, he's, still on the second one. Straight down he's now tumbling. Yeah. But I did want to Rag mention ball. as we start to get into that time of the year, remember that the last oil change you do of the calendar year <clears> is by far the most important. And I only say that because we had to tell somebody this week that the dollar value to repair their motorcycle cycle was considerably higher than the value the bike was worth. And that's a fucked up thing to tell somebody. And now, they didn't do anything malicious. They're not mean people. They're not inherently stupid people. They're, they raise alpacas. They're really interesting people. They don't right. abuse anything, even a little on motorcycles. And right. Al- and alpacas. And alpacas. Right, they have they have at least thirty head of alpaca, but alpaca, alpaca, alpaca lunch, motherfucker. One a day, that's all I need. Right, just one. But anyway, but the quality of your oil too. The point is a big. Do everything you can do. How about this fogging oil? Sure. Fog it. Well, let's think about the minimum amount of effort. (laughs) Well, think about the minimum amount of effort that you could do. As a as an owner, because their oh. bike is what do you what year do you think that bike is? It's fuel injected, so it's not that old. Oh, the XC with the top end issue yeah. is uh like an O two or an O four. It's it's probably somewhere in the mid middle mid of that aughts. decade, O five ish. Yeah, so that's a twelve or thirteen oh, year old. It's bike. got a toasted cam. Yes, mm-hmm. it's got a top end failure. It either has a hole in the piston, or it has a cam lobe that is now round. Oh, or it's it white. Has... No, it's red. 
<laughs> oh, it's got no compression. No, it's not the, the one you already stuff. did. All right, twice. Twice. And no compression. And so this is what I'm thinking. Correct. And what I'm yeah. where I'm going with this is this is not our first rodeo with this particular bike, with this particular model of bike. And the other products that the same company makes have no problem. We also have had problems with BMW F650s that don't get their requisite adjustments made. If they don't get their valve adjustment correctly, they tend to have a problem as well. So I'm thinking that for the consumer who's considering owning their bike for a long period of time, and they want to own a bike longer than 13 years, or maybe they want to buy a bike that's 10 years old and want to hope that it has more than three years left of shelf life, maybe getting that oil change in in October or November, if you're going to lay the bike up for the winter months, is more important than you think it is. And maybe not putting it off until the springtime. It's and, cheap insurance, too. Yeah, and let's not say spring tune-up anymore. Fuck the spring tune-up. Fall tune-up. Fall, fall tune-up. Tune mm -hmm. If nothing else, you're out there working on the bike in the, in, you know when you can't ride it. Right. Go out yeah. there and work on Go it. Go out and do something. Yeah. Listen to right. the podcast. Here's what I <laughs> Listen to the podcast. Oh, while you're, here's what I typically do, though. Yeah. I put that last oil change off. Like, yeah. Get a couple like warm days right. in November, like yeah. a ride. I'm yeah. like, One or then, two December. And then, like, boom, you got... 12 inches of snow on the mm. ground and I'm yeah. like motherfucker I never changed the oil and you live like, in Ohio don't you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they start salting the roads and I'm like you get your... I'm not going to take the bike out anymore so I end up I'm laying out there on the cold concrete yeah. changing the oil in, on Thanksgiving weekend or I something I mean we've already talked about but I do already. change it before I put it away you need yeah. to start bringing that thing into my place and storing it there we've already okay. talked about the lack of necessarily a regular oil change on motors right. that a motor Ran normally under normal weather conditions. Yeah, you might. So you put ten thousand bike miles on your bike all summer long. Right. Change your oil right before winter. Yeah, and you'll be all be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. The click and clack put three hundred thousand miles on a Dodge Caravan and never changed the oil. They just replaced the oil that was missing. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think the the breeze and strand effect. I think the, the yeah. oil filter yeah. at that point is the weakest link. It is rather than right. the oil. Because yeah, you don't want to bypass your. See you, Dustin. Got a boogie, gents. Yeah. Cheers. Yep. Bye, Dustin. Bye, but I really do. I, I just I we're feel strongly. Back. If we if we can send a message, the message we're trying to send from this cast is that we are coming into the season where you should be thinking. Okay, I towards the future. Remember, do not put your fucking bike to bed unless you've changed the oil. Mm -hmm. I suggest that all the podcast listeners get out. Well, if you have an Android, I don't know if they have it on Apple, yeah. but it's called ACAR. It's an app called ACAR. You could input your vehicles into it. Okay. You could put in your oil chain. You could put in, like, your oil change mm -hmm. intervals and, like, whatever mm -hmm. your manual says or whenever you want to do it. Right. And then you can, uh, and it's time and distance. Okay. So right. it's not just it's not just you're not going to hit your three thousand miles yeah. if you didn't go that, and then at the and set it so that your time interval comes up towards okay. the end of the year and it'll remind you until you do it and shut it up. Yeah, my game is just when the weather gets fucking shitty and the weather just turns to the point where I'm just like dick in the dirt, not going to have any fun anymore. I'm changing in I everything I own. That we have a national holiday. Mm. Go on, which is. It doesn't well, even need to be a national holiday. It could right. be, well, let's make it... Uh, a personal I think holiday. this year it'll be... Uh, we can leave it for a personal holiday. It'll be November 28th, which is the Monday after Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, everybody, everybody take like off December work. 7th. Everybody take off ride. work. Yeah. You still can ride, yeah. And change your oil. I right. figure if you change your oil, 
somewhere right. around <laughs> November 28th, right. 29th, yeah. you're not going to be able to ride your bike enough. Right, and that's the point. So really is once you change it. the oil, okay, you can yeah. still ride. You have relatively yeah. fresh oil. Yeah, that your oil will not be. Yeah. Well, you're at the beginning of your oil service life, not the end of your oil service right. life. I think is what you're saying. And before the salt comes down, buy a can of goddamn fluid film, or ACF fifty or corrosion blocker, and do the genitals of your motorcycle. <laughs> like, oh man. And seafoam. I swear by seafoam. Yeah, seafoams. I mean, seafoams. There's nothing the wrong tank. with it. I have a little. I have a question about seafoam. Yeah. I'm just floating this out there. This is a monitor. Light type. oil and what was the other ingredient? How does seafoam react with the rubber tips of your fuel? Your needles. Fuel needle hmm. seat. I've never had an issue with seafoam in any bike I've ever put it in, and I did it th- a few years ago for uh, the podcast the we did. Yeah. Star. What's that? Star Startron. Startron works really well. Startron. As far as seafoam works really well, uh, the stuff that screws everything up is that uh, stable. stable. The old that stable. Stuff mm-hmm. Stable has a whole new formula now. I've yeah, but I use the Marine Stable. Yeah. Right. And the Marine Stable, which is their new formula with yeah. high volatiles or whatever, screwed everything up. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bought 20 gallons of gas at the Marina, the Sheffield Marina. Mm-hmm. 89 octane, no ethanol. I went in with... You know, four or five gallon plastic jerry jugs. Oh, here's a tip, pro tip for our podcast listeners. Would you like a gas can, a modern, cool plastic gas can that sells for $20, $25 at your local Quickie Mart or Walmart? Would you like that for free? I know you would. Go on. Go to your local city's recycling center. Every city these days has a recycling center. It's where yuppies go to drop off bundles of newspapers and cardboard and whatnot. Because I feel good about Because I feel good about myself. <clears throat> In that recycling center, there will be a place to dump off bad gas. And turns out people leave their bad gas in the pristine <laughs> containers that they delivered it in. And it turns out the city has to pay to make the bad gas disappear. I got a match. I don't need to pay to so make I, it disappear. You're facing my ass. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. I make we'll my bad gas disappear <laughs> starting my 55-gallon drum stove in my garage yeah. or starting my burn pile when we go out and get schnookered in my backyard. I used it to cremate my dog. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So we call that a barbecue at my right. the same method. She didn't smell kind of like a barbecue. Oh, but wow. I smoke two, no. not one, oh, but two... Oh. I love Metal safety cans with the little flip-up The flip-up tops. Oh, like, they're horrible. And so what I... So what's horrible is the new plastic safety cans. The plastic cans. safety yeah. cans are insane. They have the fucking... The snout with the lever and yeah, a push yeah, You yeah, have to pull the, the old snout school. down. Yeah. If you wanted to go buy one, it's $89 right. to yeah. buy one no, where it's a little metal. lever. You grab the lever. Right. It opens up the thing. You dump it in. Here's yeah. the, the pro the tip. The yeah. pro tip from your Unky Phil is to go to your local recycling center... And when you're dumping off your, you know, you know, cardboard boxes or newspapers or whatever it is that you're, because you feel good about yourself. Right. Trust me, they're going to sort everything anyway. They don't trust you. Uh, or they just throw it out like they do. Right. At, uh, they throw the cardboard out <laughs> the cardboard when it gets <laughs> below a certain dollar but value. Anyway, <laughs> you're going to go in there and you're going to see these like 15 brand new 
metal or metal or plastic gasoline jugs. And you'd be like, hey, uh, uh, okay. And the guy's like, yeah, take them. Go ahead. Yeah. They also have like DeWalt uh, and Milwaukee battery packs there. Oh, hell yeah. Where if you watch a video, you can learn how to repack them mm. with modern uh, lithium cells. I grabbed the Harley battery. It was yep. still brand new in the box. Yeah. So be aware of what's at the recycling site. Did you dump the old gas into the oil recycling tank? No. <coughs> so and be so careful I, I never that. did that either. Be careful with that. <laughs> yeah. Be careful with that. The uh, some oil recycling companies will take oil that is infused with gasoline. Others will not. I'm thinking. Yeah. If you're the company. Yeah. That comes in. And grabs that tank that's yeah. what a thousand, two thousand yeah, yeah, gallons yeah, yeah. worth yeah. of used right. waste oil. Yeah. You're prepared to deal with anything. Our guy yeah. that picks up our waste yeah. oil here honestly does not give a fuck if it has gas in it because he's prepared to deal with they it. Want, they want to, the worst thing in it is water. Well, yeah. Or antifreeze. Yeah, 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 yeah that's really bad. But the guys, uh, but for people who are just going to straight up take their waste oil and burn it in a waste oil heater to keep their garage warm, they don't want gas in there because that's not good. It's yeah. not good for it's waste. Flat, it sputters really badly. It sputters real bad water in it. just it before it blows up yeah. 70 houses <laughs> in Massachusetts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> too soon? Like too last soon. Night? Uh, <laughs> last I say tough shit. If you're willing to take flammable fluid, yeah. You better take, be ready to take whatever kind whatever of, yeah. of flammable fluid I got. And they blame sunspots on that. Right. What's that? Yeah. They blame sunspots on those houses blowing up. No, they no, did. Yeah, they did. No. Yeah, they did. Pressurized no. fuel line. Yeah. No, they My said theory. it was because of sunspots. It damaged the controls for the pressure, the gas. They were, stamped, they, were, they, were, they were literally trotting out a new system that same day. They were trotting out a whole new system that was going to give improved service. And then, big surprise, overpressurization. And then everybody's like, their little pilot light, electric pilot light, kicked on for their hot water tank and then fucking locked the house. And then some poor kid got hit by a chimney. He did? <laughs> I shit you not. Yeah, a kid got the dude's hit by sitting a in an SUV. <laughs> and his, his affluent parents' house just exploded. Exploded. And it exploded. And the chimney did a Greg Luganis. <laughs> and just... Landed on uh, him yeah. in his, you know, soccer mom utility vehicle. Did he die? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was the yeah. only casualty. Yeah. Not a burned hair on his fucking sack, but he got killed by a chimney. Because oh, chimneys, yeah. turns out, are super heavy. There's a lot of bricks there. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of bricks. <laughs> yeah. And the, the crash, <laughs> like the crumple zones on that Hyundai... Are not on top. Oh, <laughs> front and they came in top. for like the sunroof. <laughs> oh, it was just like cricket. <laughs> oh, it was oh, fucking horrible. You're all going to hell. You're all going to hell. Best right. podcast <laughs> ever. And on that, remember to ride fast and take chances. <laughs> 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 <laughs>